Hayes, Lauren, and RJ. The Frangie Show starts now on 1010XL 92.5 FM. Hey, welcome in. Glad you're along for the ride on this Monday installment of the program, the post-Thanksgiving Day weekend show. Victory Monday, and it was a good victory Monday. I thought that was a statement game. I know that's an overused cliche, but I thought statement game in Houston. I really believe that. Did you feel that way? Absolutely, because I thought Houston played well. I did too. And when you beat a, a good team that's in the tournament that plays well on its home field, that says a lot about where your organization and football program is headed. And I thought it was a, definitely a statement of the Jaguars saying, this was no fluke last year. We're the team in this division. And, yes, Houston is a great story, but they're the little brother for now and hopefully well into the future. Yeah, to me it was a day where Trevor Lawrence announced to everybody, I'm going to play really well to finish this season. So if you thought maybe I wasn't playing so well, I'm going to silence those doubters. And Josh Allen also Boy. said, I'm, I'm here for that money. If you have quarterback and pass rusher, and that's the story that's developing. Everybody talked about the Trevor versus C.J. Stroud story, and it was legit. And, by the way, Trevor was be- – C.J. Stroud, by the way, is really good. He's really good. I mean, really, really. He's going to be a problem. He yes. is a really good player. Trevor was better. The numbers say so. The win says so. Look, the Jaguars didn't get it in from the half-yard line, or they win by a bigger margin. I thought the Jags were clearly the better team. I thought if there hadn't been a scoreboard, it would have looked that way. It wasn't perfect. Um, but there's so much to break down in this game. But I will tell you – I will definitively tell you that I, they're the better team. Listen, everybody's flawed. The Ravens won but almost didn't. The Chiefs are flawed. They're very good, but they're flawed. The Eagle, I'm still not sure how the Eagles won. I'm, not, I'm sure not sure how the Eagles didn't lose the game. Not only how they good won kicker. the game. How they, I mean, in, in, a, in an awful weather, he made a 90-yard field goal. <laughs> I, mean, I, mean, I mean, it's unbelievable that, what was it, 59? 59. 59. F- 50, in- in, in, Rain and yeah, how did they not lose the game? Because the it's Bills are having that kind of season. Yeah, they are. Where, they I are. Mean, I mean, they outplay yeah. a team, yeah. and they didn't play the outplay the Jaguars, right. but right. they've outplayed three right. or four teams this year, right. And lost the game through just bad coaching yeah. mistakes yeah. late yeah. Uh, by you know players, and th- you know that was one that Buffalo's just yeah. got to be sick over. But yeah, I mean, right. to your point, I mean Philly is. <laughs> They, they don't look like, for their record, you would think right. juggernaut. Yeah, I mean, they they're good. They're, they're good, good but they don't look that way. But, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's going to be quite a race to the, the Lombardi. The Jacksonville Jaguars are among the best teams in the league. We've been saying that. Now there's no doubt in my mind they're 8-3. and three. They're going to be 9-3. and three. That's no disrespect to the Bengals, but the Bengals are playing without Joe Burrow, and they're not the same team. They couldn't beat the Steelers at home, for God's sake. So they're obviously not the same team. They're going to be 9-3, and three, and then we'll see what happens. And so, uh, I mean, I, I, they're a really good team, and you hit it, Lauren. The story that's developing is the Josh Allen story. Forget about good offseason Arizona contract. He's becoming one of the best defensive players in the league, not just as a pass rusher. He's playing in space. Right now he's got 12 sacks. The only, there's only three players in the league with more sacks than him. There's only three. T.J. Watt, Khalil Mack, and, and Miles Garrett. For those that missed it, that's three pretty damn good players. That's the only players in the league. Daniel Hunter has the same amount. So that's it. Those are the only guys in the NFL. He's got 12. By the way, franchise records, Calais Campbell is 14 and a half. He's going to shatter that. He's going to beat, the, he's gonna beat the, the franchise record. He's already second all time. And, I mean, he, I mean, that's the story that's developing. 
is this great – he's a great pass rusher. He's one of the best defensive players in the league. No one's saying that because we're talking about quarterbacks, which we all do. The Jags are developing one of the best defensive players in the National Football League. What a wonderful story. He's got a bunch of kids. He wants to live here. He loves it here. Uh, I, pay, I don't pay him ever. Give him, give him all of it. Give, give, him, give him one of the beaches. Give him some. I mean, I mean, I mean. <laughs> give him the kismet. Give him the kismet. I mean, I'm just telling you. We've renamed Atlantic Beach Allen Beach. Yes, yes, it's <laughs> a good name. So, but I'm, but I'm just telling you. I mean, somehow, some way, that's the story that's developing that we haven't talked about enough, and we've talked about it. But we've talked about how, hey, contract year hadn't been as good. Bounce back year, going to get the contract. We've all had that conversation. We haven't had the. Where does he stand among the best defensive players in the league conversation? And he's now, I'm not saying he's a better player than Aaron Donald. I'm not saying he's a better player than Miles Garrett. But I'm saying he's in the conversation among the best ones, and I think it's naive to suggest that he's not. Well, and I, I mean, how could you suggest anything otherwise? I mean, the thing that I really thought was so impactful yesterday is his two-and-a-half sacks accounted for minus 31-and-a-half right. yards. And a gigantic one at the I end. I mean, yeah. A gigantic one at the yeah. end. So, I mean, and look, look, we would all say Tony Brackens was an unbelievable right. defender right. here. His career high was 12 sacks. That's what Josh has. I mean, so, yeah, he's in, he's in rare company. And yeah, I with do, six, six with games six left. Not two games yeah. left. And, six games left. And look, left. against uh, if he stays healthy against the Bryce Youngs and Baker Mayfields yes. and Will Levises yes. that he's going to see – uh, and Jake Browning, and Jake Browning yeah, Monday I mean, night. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I think he's. I think he's going to have the record. I mean, it's it's really a question of is he just going to get it from Calais, yeah, or is he going to really shatter it? Um, obviously, he's got to be at the top of their uh, priority list this off season. They could tag him, uh, but I don't know why it would come to that. I mean, he has earned a contract that should pay him among the top edge rushers in football, and so I can't imagine that you know there'll be anything. Uh, in terms of, of squabbling about this deal, he's the face of your defense, uh, and, and he, he deserves to play the peak of his career here. You owe it to your fans for him to play the peak of his career here. He's just 26. Right. That's so you're, the thing. So, I mean, you're talking about getting your 27, 28, 29, and 30 out of him. You've got to make that investment. On a guy, and look, I think Trayvon Walker is is playing really well too. He's playing, he's playing I, best, I, best yeah. he's played as a pro. But but this is what we always talked about with Josh Allen. If the environment was better for him, would you see the numbers go up? They're playing with the lead a lot more. He's got somebody on the other side that the the offense has to worry about, and it's all leading to Josh Allen is becoming a premier defensive player, and uh, and he and he absolutely needs to be rewarded for that. So. I fully expect that'll happen. It would be disappointing if it came down to the tag. I mean, he's definitely going to be a Jaguar in 24. Right. It's just a question of will it be on a long-term deal or will it be on the franchise tag. I would be supremely disappointed if it's the tag. Yeah, I I, uh, I would be supremely disappointed if they find a way to not have him on the football team. So, But I'm like you, extend him. We want to see this thing extended. So, so we'll see. But uh, but that, that's a what a storyline. What a fun game to call. Uh, my friend Jeff Lagerman was not able to be there. Uh, he was dealing with a, with a with a family health situation. Everything's fine, but he was but he was just dealing with a family health situation. Uh, but he will be good to go. Uh, we believe moving forward. So, um, uh, but uh, but what a fun game to call! It was just one of those games. It was fun the whole game, and again, really well played game. Really well played game by two good, well coached teams. And again, really bad officiated game, yeah, but yeah. really well played. Yeah, yeah. Game. And, yeah. I, and, I, and Dan <laughs> and Jeff talked about it today, and I agree with them. We've got to do something about the officiating football because it's worse than it's ever been, and it's and it really is. But I, but I will tell you. Um, C.J. Stroud will be a problem. 
You don't want to see Houston coming no. into your house. No. And I fully expect they are going to make the tournament. Yeah. Not, the yeah. Jaguars are going to win the South. Yeah. But I think the Texans yeah. will get one of the three wild card. You do not want to yeah. see C.J. Stroud walking into your house wild card weekend. Let me tell you that what That kid is awesome. What, so is Tank Dell. Yeah, and, and, yeah, so, oh, yeah. Is, and so is Tank Dell. And I, the Jaguars I, didn't have Tyson Campbell. Yeah. So you, you and know and I will tell you, they have a good vibe. They, they, after a miserable vibe for a lot of years, they have a good vibe about them. The good thing is... Or the bad thing for them is they timed it where this team has all of that and more. As good as C.J. Stroud is, I w- Trevor Lawrence is better. Trevor Lawrence is headed. Trevor Lawrence, that was big boy stuff yesterday. Some of those throws, that, that was some Nolan Ryan stuff oh, yeah. yesterday. There were some lasers. He had four completions that went at least 42 yeah. yards. Yeah. And, I, I mean, mean. Has that happened in his previous Man. time? I, I can't remember a Jaguar yeah. game where they yeah. had four completions that all traveled at least 42 yards. Yeah, yeah. good point. I, I'm, I'm yeah. not saying it hadn't happened, but I can't but it's not all. No, it didn't happen as rookies. But, but, but I, and, I, and now they found, now Ridley found a rhythm in that second half, and Kirk still has the rhythm, and you know Ingram has it, and Zay's working his way back, and, and, uh, and, and you know, ETN's getting beat up a lot. Uh, that, yeah. was, that was always a concern. Yeah, they didn't uh, run the ball well yesterday. They, they haven't run it in a while. Yeah. They haven't. So, so. Um, but and Cam Robinson down. And Cam Robinson down. So, what is the war? I, I saw Ian Rappaport had a report that it's three to six. Correct. Is what I saw. Weeks, and yeah. he reported that after Doug met with uh, reporters uh, yeah. earlier. Doug had his Zoom at noon. Right. That's and then right. Rappaport, I think, tweeted his thing out at maybe yeah. like one thirty-two. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, three to six. I mean. You know, yeah. I mean, it's a good thing they made the deal for Ezra Cleveland. Ezra Cleveland always an athlete. Oh. Do you see him downfield on some of those yeah. screens? Oh, Which those were, he, he's I'm an sh- athlete now. Yeah, well, yeah. I'm sure most people went and watched Ezra Cleveland highlights the moment that yeah, they found out the yeah, Jaguars were right. trading him. He did that for the Vikings. Yeah. There was a play where he was blocking downfield and yeah. obviously did it again yesterday. He's an athlete. So, so good. I'm going to talk all about that. We're going to start the program with a big win by the Jaguars. We're live, by the way, at Island Wing Company Bartram with a, kind of a makeup show that we had to miss once. So we're here on a Monday. So come see us if you're in the Bartram area town. Monday night football tonight. Monday night football here in, uh, at uh, Island Wing Company. Wednesday, by the way, we will be in studio because it's our Tom Coughlin uh, J-Fun uh, Radiothon that we, sh- we freaking love. It's one of the best things we do at the radio station. Steve has been committed to that thing since almost the get-go, and we love it. And so we'll be there, with, as the rest of the station will, uh, trying to raise two hundred grand, which we think we're going to get to. That's the plan uh, this year as a radio station. That's on Wednesday. And then back out at Island Wing Southside on Friday. So a lot of Island Wing and a lot of Radiothon and a lot of fun as we get Closer and closer to the holidays, and by the way, we're then one week away, Lauren, from the uh, the uh, the our toy drive. The, That's right, the Hastings Injury Law Firm toy drive, which will be a week from Friday at the uh, Ale House on Beach and Hodges. So That's we, right, we got Friday, of, December eighth. Make yeah. sure you come by, bring a toy, yeah. unwrap toy, and uh, that'll go to help local children. Yeah, so all kind of fun stuff. Uh, we're going to talk Florida FSU. Uh, weird game, odd, odd game, uh, I odd season. Yeah, odd, <laughs> uh, well, odd season for the Gators, but weird game for both of them. Didn't you think you were down there? What was the – quick, we'll get to that later on in the program, but, but before we get into our Jaguar talk, what was the vibe in the stadium? Crowd was great. Yeah. I mean, I thought FSU traveled really well, too. They so, did. I mean, it was a fun environment. Uh, but the Gator fans were fantastic, and I just – you know, it was one of those things that you got – we'll get into it, but yeah. Florida had its chance, and they blew it. Yeah, yeah. you're up 12 nothing on their side of the field and you call the same idiotic trick yeah, play yeah. that didn't work against Georgia, yeah, it's I, insulting to FSU to think that would work. First off, you've already put it on film. So yeah. obviously they're going to know that it's coming. And it didn't work against Georgia. <laughs> so why would you think they know it, they've seen it, 
it's the same thing. You're doing it from the same spot of the field. Yeah. yeah. And you lose 14 yards Different on an intentional case. grounding. Well, well, it well, is <laughs> mind-blowing well, the one how thing, Billy Napier can sabotage a good start to a football game. I, I will say this. I <sighs> thought the one thing about that, the trick play that didn't work when Florida was up 12 nothing. one thing I did notice that I thought was interesting is it was a very quick developing trick right, play. Yeah. I went and got a beer. <laughs> right. Went and got a beer, had a haircut, yeah. met some new friends, um, ordered dinner, sat back down, and the yeah. play was still developing. Yeah. I, if you, I don't know if you noticed that or right. not. But, but, I mean, you, you could have driven to the Stark and back. Yeah. And the play was not – and they, uh, there were still more handoffs. It was brutal. So we'll talk about that coming up a little bit. But FSU wins the game. Uh, do credit the Knowles. The Knowles are 12-0. and um, They're not as good, obviously, with Tate Rodemaker. By the way, is Tate Rodemaker okay? He, he's going to keep. He returned to the game. He, he, oh, he did come back. Surprised in. us in the Brock, press box. That's right. He did. Brock that, Glenn came in, but for then like he, two plays, and then yeah. Rodemaker came back in. That's on right. The, that's right. On Benson's touchdown run. I will so, say this. And I'm, Rodemaker uh, met with the media yeah, after, and yeah. I mean, so he seemed fine. fine. Yeah. Uh, and uh, let me say this, and I'll say that we'll get to this later on. I've got a lot of stuff to get to. A lot of college stuff to get to this uh, on the, today's program. But if they beat Louisville, and I think they're going to, although I'm not sure, they're they're obviously not the same team without Jordan Travis. But Louisville lost to Kentucky. After and I saw him in Miami, didn't look very good. I didn't think, but if Florida State beats Louisville, I don't care who beats whom. If they don't get in, then we're doing it all wrong. Yep. And and, I, and I'll say that, and I'll say, and I, I if I don't care, they're don't, getting in. Yeah, yeah I th- I well, I think they are too. But I'm just saying, they, they because there's been all the chatter yeah. about Tara Travis being out. If you let a team go 12 and 0, 12 and 0 is hard. And then I don't care what league you're in, and then you let a team go win its conference championship game, and they get to 13 and 0. And you don't let them in because they're not the same team without their quarterback. Boy, 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 would we be doing it wrong. But we'll, that, that's a conversation for later on in the program. Let's talk some Jaguars football. That's how we'll kick it off. Jags had a, a, a statement game, a, a statement game where they were challenged and they answered the challenge, and they win seven out of eight. They're eight and three. Man, what a fun one that was. We'll talk some Jags football after this. The Frangie Show, live from the Hastings Injury Law Firm Studios on 1010XL. Hit back with Hastings. First things first, let me get a do-ball. There's the kick. The 58-yard field goal. It hits the crossbar. It is no good. Yeah, I watched it. Stressful. When it came off his foot, I was like, oh, it looked short. He kicked it real high, and then it just kept going. Like, doinked off the – I mean, it's crazy how that happened. Under center is Trevor. Quarterback sneaky extended the ball into the end zone. Touchdown. The media, who all is going to be talking about how the Texans could have won and how the Jags escaped for the win. Eat this W, baby. Served up fresh by Chef Lawrence. Trevor drops. Looks, fires back in the end zone, caught for the touchdown! Calvin Ridley! Getting better every week. You know, it's it's coming along with not just Calvin, but the whole offense. We're getting better, we're being more explosive, kind of moving the ball at will. You know, we're doing a lot of great things. I felt like our guys handled the noise really well, the communication was good, and it's a tough place to play. Great road win uh, for us to come here and, and, and do what we did today. How about them, Jaguars? It's a Best Bet Monday on The Frangie Show with fantastic locations in Jacksonville, Orange Park, and now in St. Augustine. It's Best Bet. What a weekend it was. It is a Best Bet Monday. Thanks to our friends at The Best Bet. So I'm my buddy Jamie Shelton today for a little bit. The uh, Best Bet has three fantastic locations, St. Augustine, Jacksonville on Monument Road. Uh, Orange Park is uh, on State Road 17. Guys, they do a fantastic job. You're going to have a lot of fun on the holidays. Got maybe a little more time off. Make a little extra dough on those holidays to spend on those presents. Head to the best bet today. Always a best bet Monday around here, and Mondays are big around here when they are a victory Monday. You heard kind of how it sounded uh, from uh, some of our fans, from Trevor, from Doug. 
some of our calls. It was an awful lot of fun. Nice job on that, RJ. The, uh, a whole bunch of thoughts on it. Number one, I thought they were challenged in the answer to the challenge. Number two, I think that was a big boy football game played by a big boy football team. They were the better football team, and that was clear from the minute it started. They didn't finish some drives. They settled for some field goals. They didn't get it in from the half-yard line. Because they didn't finish, the, the Texans, who have a good team too, were able to hang around and stay in the game. C.J. Stroud made enough plays. Tank Dell is such a little guy, but such a good player. And so, so one team, the better team controlled the game but couldn't quite pull away. The pretty damn good team, but not quite as good as the better team, hung around at home and gave themselves a chance. And at the end of the day, the best team won the game because that's usually what happens. Big-time NFL football game. Yes, there was some shaky officiating. The worst call that went against the Jags, obviously the hold on Evan Ingram on the interception, which I didn't see, by the way, when I called the play. We, I couldn't see it at the time. I'm sure Tony did. <laughs> he did. And then when you went back, you said, wow. You know, because I had the ball. I just saw that he picked it off. But, but, a, but a blatant hold, we talked about that. But, guys, it almost seemed like they spent the next drive, make it up. Because the Jags got a bunch of, including one near the goal line, that I didn't think was a hold, although most of them were. Uh, Tierra Thomas got flagged a bunch of times. But at the end of the day, circle that win. If you look up and this team's 13-4 and four in the two seed or the one seed, circle that win, Hayes, because that's the one you had to have. That's the one everybody was watching. Now, look, they all count. There's only 17 of them. But that's the one everybody was watching. I say go back and circle that one. Big boy win, big boy football team. I- I'm still kind of buzzing about it. I-, I thought it was that good of a win. Oh, I think everybody should be buzzing about it. I mean, it's first off, you now have a chance to be 5-1 and one in the division, which they've never done in the AFC South. So that's remarkable. And, and the only thing stopping you from that is a game in Nashville in the finale against a Titans team that will be playing for nothing. So I, so not only did you avoid the season sweep, you go two games up on the Texans, but in essence, you've already got the tiebreaker on them because they've lost two in the AFC South. And I don't think the Jaguars are going to lose to the Titans. So they're going to have the tiebreaker. So you're really, in my opinion, up two and a half games on Houston. And as you look at it, you've got a Monday night game with an electric environment coming up against Cincinnati with no Joe Burrow. You go to Cleveland, who I think could be missing Miles Garrett. He suffered a shoulder injury yesterday where he says, I heard something pop. Well, that's not good. Right. They're already down Chubb and Watson. Right. Right. And their backup quarterbacks are terrible. not good at all. Yeah, and then you've got uh, a home Sunday night football game. So, again, electric environment when the Ravens come in who aren't going to have their best – tight end Mark Andrews one of their best weapons you go to Tampa Bay who's terrible you finish with a home game against Carolina who just fired their coach who they'll be a wreck when they come here and then you finish up with the Titans so in looking at it I mean they've got a great chance to finish five and one here I mean I think I think four and two would be the minimum if Trevor's healthy so four and two is the minimum well well that means even if Houston wins out they're still not going to catch you as long as you're one of those two isn't the Titans at the end. Right. So, I mean, you basically won the division yesterday, I think, as long as Trevor doesn't sustain any injury moving forward. And so uh, just an unbelievable win. And, yeah, I don't know if they're going to get home field, but, look, they haven't lost a true road game yet this year. So while it would be great, I think they could go on the road in the tournament and win. 
They haven't lost any road games, which is what's wild. I don't think they will the rest of the season. The hardest game is going to be the Ravens game. That's in Everbank Stadium. So I think this is a team that might end up finishing the regular season, winning every single game on the road, which is wild. Obviously, you can count the, the London game against the Falcons as home, but I think some people would say that's in London. That's still a road game. I think, yeah, to, to both of your points, this is a team that knew the stakes yesterday, and they in the second half put that – foot to the gas pedal. Look, I'm sure they went into the halftime and, and people have been asked about it. Doug was asked about it earlier today and, and players were asked about it in the locker room about obviously Doug deciding to go for it on the fourth down instead of kick the field goal. I think 90% of fans watching would have kicked the field goal, go to halftime with points, you're on the road. Obviously, that's not the personality of Doug Peterson. He's not going to change his personality and that's fine, be aggressive. But in the second half, the Jaguars, I think, that's when they realized, like, this is our game for the taking. And thankfully, yeah, Fairburn wasn't there to, to kick that field goal. Yeah, uh, a few thoughts. Uh, the last play of the half, I absolutely would have gone for it. I might have snuck it rather than the toss, but I got what he was doing. They wanted to show sneak, race to the line like it's a sneak. Hopefully they, they crowd the A-gaps and they crowd everything, and then you quick, quickly toss it. I've seen that play work a thousand times when everybody thinks you're going to sneak it and you toss it out wide. It just didn't work. But I would have definitely gone for it there. There's, you know Doug was going to. There's no chance I would have kicked that field goal. What would you have done? Kick the field goal. You, what would you have done? Kick the field goal. I would, I would have absolutely gone. So I completely agreed with him going for it. It's a, the ball is at the freaking one-foot line. So I would have gone for it. Where I might have disagreed with him is on the field goal they finally missed, the 55-yarder. I might have pooch-punted there and made him go the distance. With, Tony and I talked about that in the booth. I might have not kicked that field, even though he's made everything. Why not give? But I might have <clears throat> that one. I might have. I, we we talked about the possibility of a pooch punt there. I might have been tempted to do that. So that that one that one I might have done a little differently. But other than that, I thought. But I, but one of the reasons he's so good is because he doesn't. To your point, Lauren doesn't waver from who he is. I, I so I so I. I applauded him for some of the decisions he made. Well, I, and I appreciate his explanation and saying, because he talked about it after the game and he talked about it again today. Had they not been getting the ball to start the third quarter, he kicks the field goal. But I think because they were going to get the ball to start the third quarter, I say I think he said this, yeah. um, he was like, well, you know, we're going to have the opportunity to score points again right. to start the second half. So if we can get the touchdown here, right, the middle eight. You know, and, and now you're getting the ball back, Whereas, you know, if, if they're getting the ball, you go ahead and take the three. So that made me feel a little bit better about it. In the yeah. moment, I was saying, let's just get the three. This is a gift anyway. Yeah. Correct. I right. mean, so why not just take the, the free three yeah. points? Because right. yeah. they mattered, so, by the way. And you give Texan, the Texans this massive momentum boost Correct. going into the break. But, uh, but I, so I didn't agree with it at the time. I felt better, though. Sometimes a coach explains something yeah. and you feel even worse. <laughs> this one I felt better and how he explained his, his logic in it. Yeah, I, I would, I, like I said, from the four-yard line, I think they kicked the field goal. Two or two, two, three, I don't know, two or in, I think he would have gone for it. But, I, 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 again, I would have gone for it. I this team's just so bad on short yeah. yardage. Correct. Well, that's the thing. But, I, but again, if I was him, I would have quarterback sneak. I, I would have done a quarterback sneak. But either way, yeah. um, they won the game. Um, issues, Cam Robinson. How much do you think they miss Cam Robinson? I I think it's minimal as long as there's not another injury because I think, I think you're better at left guard with Ezra Cleveland. And Walker Little was playing fine at left tackle during Cam Robinson's suspension. Right. And Anton Harrison is really hitting his stride. Yeah. So, I, I mean, I think as long as you don't have another injury, I think you're fine. And, I mean, I'd, I'd give him time to heal. And, what, and, and, again, nobody wants to give him credit, but what a savvy move 
by Trent Baalke and their staff when they went and got Ezra Cleveland. No, they didn't know they were going to lose a guy. I know that. But, uh, but when they went and got Ezra Cleveland, how prophetic it turned out to be. They really need him. Not that Tyler Shatley couldn't play in there, but they went and got a guy just in case something like this happened and something like this happened. It was a great, in retrospect, it was a great decision. It really Barch was. Because didn't work out after the injury. Right, right. But I'm saying, if you didn't have a guy, you wouldn't have had a guy at this point. So, I, By the way, I do think, I think on paper, Walker Little's great. I think Cam Robinson, there's an attitude I agree. about him. There's a nastiness. That's the one thing that I think the, the line will miss with him out. 100% agree with that, and I think that's a big part of it. And I think they will miss him. I think they will too. But to Hayes' point, they're deep enough that anytime you're deep and you lose a good player, it's not about the player wasn't good. It's that you built, you built in case you lose him. And I, and, I, and I think that they have done. so. Now uh, what happens at tackle if something were to happen well, that's to either the one thing. of them? I guess Blake you, Hans yeah, is the to, next to your point, if you lose another guy, now you're playing you're backups. You're in trouble. Now you're playing backups, yeah. yes. So, so we'll see. But I, uh, but, but, but I loved how they played. I love the fact that Ridley came alive. I love the fact that they're, they're so much better when Zay Jones is in the game, whether he's getting balls or not. Boy, he was so close to catching that one on the sideline. That side was a line. great catch. Yeah, I mean, that was. was a great catch and almost got that second foot in. But, I mean, I, but I do. I think uh, – there, the concern I have a little bit is the running game. They have not run it well. But I will say this: I loved the. It was clear watching it. The game plan must have been to run the football because very clearly they stayed with the run and stayed with it. And I think they stayed with it long enough, even though it wasn't productive, that it kept that it kept Houston from from disregarding it, and that kept from, and that got people open. So I thought it was a really good game plan. You know, they're committed to running the ball when they run it on second and sixteen. That's right, and I and uh, and, and and you know what. You know who's pretty good? Dearness Johnson's pretty good. He is yeah. good. He's a pretty good player. He, the, the screen would have been easy. That was well blocked. But I thought the but I thought the I thought I thought he was a he's a good player, man. And and I don't think they've given up on the, uh, on Big V. The backs were really good in pass protection too. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. which, which that's right. And so hey, look, that was a good win against a good team and keep an eye on that Texans team because I think they're gonna have a good team. So we'll talk more Jaguars. Johnny O comes up just by phone today, since we're live at Isla Wing Company. Uh, Johnny O comes up by phone today, and we'll certainly talk more Jaguar football with him where we're going. I agree with what you said, Hayes. The Bengals aren't coming in here and winning with no. Jake Browning. You go to play the Browns, whoever they're playing at quarterback these days. Yeah, you score 17, you're going to yeah. win that game. Yeah, so the, the Browns. The hard ones when you come back and play the Ravens, we all know that. But by then, you're going to have an air of confidence. The Ravens are, fl- are flawed too now. Although, boy, Zay Flowers is good. He is good. Boy, he, I, good. I, I didn't see that. I didn't watch a lot of Boston College football, yeah. I suppose. And they're great defensively. And they, they're, well, they're always good And they're going to be rested. They yeah. have, like, one game now, yeah. and, like, the next, they get their bye this yeah, week. Really yeah, really late bye. Very late bye. Really late bye. It's a December bye. Yeah. There's, like, six teams next week off. Wow. I think it's the last bye week yeah, it has of to the be. regular season. Yeah, it would have to be. So, so it's the Jaguars did beat the Ravens six. last year. Yeah, that's right. For what it's worth. Yeah, listen. I, I'd pick Jaguars the Jaguars have a good today. team. I would, too. Yeah, but I the Ravens too. will be rested. Yeah. yeah. And, obviously, they've, they've got Lamar and uh, yeah. Zay Flowers and a great defense. There, and a there's great there's not many teams right now I wouldn't pick them to, win, to, to beat. I mean, I did go against them in our picks contest. Very disappointed. I missed that. <laughs> But also went against Michigan. I didn't think Ohio State was going to win either. So uh, some, sometimes you got, you got to throw some Hail Marys at some yeah. point. I'm taking by, by the for way, next by the way, I, <laughs> <laughs> by the way, I picked the Bengals. I thought they were going to win. So that one I really did. Then. That one I just flat out missed. I oh, thought the Bengals yeah, would beat the Steelers. Steelers. I, I, I did thought, too. I thought they, I thought they, we should have known better. Yeah. 
Mike Tomlin's still the head coach. Yeah, the Jags in Ohio State, I didn't really think. I said, hey, you got to catch this loser over here So at some point. so <laughs> I mean, picking against the Jags in a game like that yeah, when yeah. a lot of people thought the Texans would win. I didn't think Texans were going to win. I just, I just said I got to I was trying to make you feel better. I also didn't think Ohio State was going to win, and that game was closer than I thought it would be. Oh, I, yeah. I thought what I really thought, if I was being really honest, mm-hmm. I thought Michigan was going to be Ohio State. 31-17. Yeah. That's what, I thought, that's what I thought going in. The story of the, of the year is rookie R.J. Song. Yeah, he's, he's not afraid. I mean, Absolutely. he's hanging around. I think the last three weeks, yeah. R.J.'s won yeah. like 14 games. Yeah, well. He's if, like sizzling. Yeah. If I can Absolutely. make that the story of the year so I don't have to talk about you winning, <laughs> then, then, I, then I'm going to come with you on that. Florida got close on my game picker. Ever. Yeah, they did. Yeah. Yes, they did. For a while. 12-0 yeah. on their side of the field. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then they, they handed it off 12 yeah. times. 12 handoff, lateral, lateral, handoff, handoff, lateral. A reverse, double reverse. Let's take a break. I got a lot of thoughts about that. I want to start with the Knowles and where I think they're headed and what I think they've done in, in Florida State program. I want to talk about the Gators as well and where they're headed. The noise in the system is extreme as you thought it might be. Uh, I got a lot of thoughts on it. Let's talk some college football after this. The Frangie Show, live from the Hastings Injury Law Firm Studios on 1010XL. Hit back with Hastings. I'm so proud of our team. Talked about it all year, just the uh... – heart that this group has i mean they're a resilient group i mean they we challenge them every day and everything that they do for nights like tonight and plenty of things that uh you know the the, the adversity was there it was present you know we've ex- we, we experienced it did not start very well in that game uh, but you know our guys battled the, the touchdown before the the, the first half um, you've been able to to get that drive put together uh, you know coming out uh, being able to uh, to get to get a good start uh, there to start the second half, and then it's then it was football. It was uh, you know, they made some good plays, rivalry game, you know, all the emotion, um, you know, it was a hostile environment for us. But um, you know our guys, you know, there were there was a, there was extreme confidence. It's a best bet Monday on the Frangie Show with fantastic locations in Jacksonville, Orange Park, and now in St. Augustine. It's best bet. It is the best bet Monday. That was Mike Norvell talking about the Knowles 24-15 victory over Florida in the Swamp on Saturday night. Frank, to me, Mike Norvell figured out in the second half, give the ball to Trey Benson. Yeah, that, yeah, he did. It, the game, I'll tell you this. First, I was wrong about the game. I, I mean, you guys were right about the game. I was wrong. I thought the game would be 34-17 Knowles. And y'all, y'all, what y'all said all week long was right, that with the quarterbacks both out and the, to Hayes' point with the game in the Swamp, it was going to be a close game. You were right. It, you, it was a close game the whole time. I will tell you this. When it was 12 nothing and FSU was driving, mm-hmm. I told Baselli it was going to be a 28-15 final. Oh, you were very it close. Was 24-5. I said it would be 28-15. They said Florida will score one more field goal. Um, let me say this about FSU. I'll get to Florida in a minute. This has been a really good year for the Knowles. Obviously, duh, Frank. They're 12-0. and <laughs> but, 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 but he's done a real – to, 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 to resuscitate that thing the way he did, if you really look back to what they, the, the, the financial problems in that athletic department, people, if you look back three years ago, nobody was going. It was empty. Nobody really cared. And he was sort of on a hot seat. I almost think Mike Norvell wasn't quite on a hot seat haze because people didn't care enough to make it hot. You know what I mean? It just felt like there was an apathy. To me, now the diehards are always diehards. But, I mean, apart from that, there just seemed to be apathy in that program. And that son of a gun brought it back. And they're 12-0. and 0. I don't think they can be much of a factor in the playoff without Jordan Travis. You saw him the other night. They're, they are a totally different team without him. It's going to be hard for them to, to, it's going to, be hard for them to impact the playoffs without Jordan Travis. Beating Louisville is going to be a challenge. Beating Louisville will be a challenge. Correct. 
But that doesn't diminish what he did. He, he, that is a great – and, and I say this because I think, I think they're going to beat Louisville, but I'm not convinced. And I am convinced if they do, they'll lose their first game no matter who it is. Georgia, Michigan. They'll probably be a four seed. Yeah, yeah they'll be a four and, – and, and, and again, by the way, if Michigan's quarterback was out and Travis was playing, I may, not, I may feel differently. I'm not knocking that. I'm just saying this is the real world we live in. Not only did you lose your starting quarterback – but he meant so much to them in so many ways, a runner, a passer, an emotional leader, a clutch. Gosh, was he clutch, man. And so, so I don't think they can do much. But that doesn't diminish that season they had. I don't care what league you're in. You're 12-0, and and 12-0 and seasons don't come along very often. You may never have another one. You know, you, you may, maybe for a while you have another. 12-0 and seasons are really, really hard, uh, and, and, and that's a great year for them. The question then becomes, and we'll talk about this another time to talk about this, is, what will they be? My question is, what will Florida State be? Because I do think he's a damn good coach. I, I really do. Will they? Will they? Because it's not like, well, you're good now because you used the portal, but after that, you're going to have to get high schools. That's what everybody says. You might just be able to keep right on using them. Though I think there'll be more players in the portal than ever. I think the portal's more. I think you're going to be shocked at how many teams are built more through the portal than high school. Like, like, like that doesn't mean more guys in the portal than your high school class because your high school class is 25. No one's going to sign 25 portal guys. But you might have more. FSU's more impacted by the portal than they are the high school. They are. They don't have more players. Their 85 doesn't have more players in the portal than their high school classes, but they're more impacted. I think you're going to be shocked at how many teams are more impacted by the portal, and I'm real interested to see how Florida State builds it as we go along. They're still going to be in a league where there's not great resistance, but I'm, I'm very interested to see where that thing goes. I think it's one of the most interesting things in the coming years is how Florida State builds. They're going to lose a lot of guys this year now. So they they're gonna have to probably they're gonna have to be porter portal friendly I would think wouldn't you think this first year but I'll be very interested he did a great job that is a and again I'm I'm saying I'm doing this post mortem as if their season's over I don't mean to do it that way I just think after watching them play Florida it's gonna be a t- I think they're gonna beat uh, Louisville but I'm not sure of it I wouldn't bet anything on it what's the line by the way two and a half yeah yeah I would and I would I, I would guess I would have guessed that. Yeah. And I, and I mean, I, again, Louisville has an advantage. I know they just lost to Kentucky yeah, and they right. gave up 38. So, right, I mean, right. uh, but, I mean, again, I, and I didn't watch any of that, yeah. so I don't know. I maybe either. Louisville lost right. some impactful right. players. But, I mean, that's a t- if Louisville's got their guy. And they got their guy. Uh, right. I mean, and he's thrown, you know, 21 touchdowns. Right. And, and Brom has a good right. feel for what right. he can do and what he can. I mean, Florida State's defense is superb. But that's tough because yeah. you just don't that's know. Right. You know, Brom is so much better than Napier. It's not even funny. And so Louisville isn't going to blow the game like Billy Napier blew the game. And uh, so Louisville's going to have a good plan. Louisville's not going to make a bunch of blunders. I'm not saying Florida State can't win, but I think even though it's neutral and not, you know, the swamp was certainly a a great environment. But this is, I mean, Louisville – I think it's I think it's a very difficult game. I think it's a coin flip game. Yeah. And uh, if if to your point, if he can beat Louisville, I think it speaks volumes for what an incredible coach he is. Yeah. And and I'm Agreed. still a little bit. I think he's done a great job building the roster. I still don't know how good of an in-game coach Mike Norvell is, but if he goes and beats Louisville with Tate Rodemaker. I will be incredibly impressed with that because now Louisville is going to see absolutely everything that they like to do with Rodemaker because the Florida game was so close. He had to, play, he had to show all of his cards. Yep. 
But he does at least get another week with Rodemaker under center and, and taking all those snaps, so that'll help him a lot. I just think Florida State has better players across the board. Florida State obviously had better players than Florida. I think Florida State has better players than Louisville, and at the end of the day, yes, Louisville's quarterback might be better, but overall, I've, the playmakers are going to make plays, whether it's Deloach or Verse or Benson or Toafili or right, Bell, like you just, Wilson, Keelan Coleman, like you go down the roster. They have talent everywhere, and so as long as Tate Rodemaker doesn't turn the ball over, I think Florida State wins. Did you uh, see the one play on, on Twitter or Verse at the end of the game? What's 76's name? Oh, yeah, Damian George. George did yeah, did yeah. you see the one play? Oh, yeah. was, um, oh yeah. unbelievable. Yeah. Drove him I mean, in. He literally just well, escorted yeah. him into well, I don't Max you, Brown. I don't, yeah. if you, I don't know if you saw the stat or not. It was sacked for George. George had a, is it. George, yeah, it, it should be. It was Damian George's. <laughs> it was his first career sack. Yeah. That's kind of how they called it on the broadcast too. Is they were like uh, the quarterback just got sacked by his offensive <laughs> lineman. I was surprised, honestly. George um, didn't get hurt but, at that point in time. But, but by the way, going to the portal comment, Frank, I saw today like Max Johnson entered the portal from right. Texas A&M. There's going to be guys like that. I'm not saying that's who FSU should go and get, but there's going to be talented right. quarterbacks right. out there that they can plug and play. There's going to be more guys in the portal than out of the portal. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's going to be like college basketball. It, it yeah. really, it, that, that's exactly right. And by the way, Max Johnson to FSU would be cool. I think uh, that so. Would, that would be a cool because his dad, for people that don't know, played there. And I and I, I covered him when his dad was there. It, it, that would be a cool. As Max soon as Johnson, I saw that he was Max Johnson, interested. FSU would be a cool thing. It I really, thought that. It really would. So, all right, we'll take a break. Uh, the Gator, where are the Gators headed now? At the five and seven season, they miss a bowl. First time they've had three straight losing seasons since when? I've, I've have they ever done that? Truman was president. The, the, yeah, the forties, right? Yeah, forties. Yeah, was good he, job, Billy. Was, was Truman the president in the forties? He was. Okay, so there you go. Uh, we'll talk. <laughs> He's this angry guy. We'll talk about the Gators and where they're headed. I got a lot of thoughts on it, and I know the Hayes and Lauren do as well. That's after this. Stay with us. The Frangie Show, live from the Hastings Injury Law Firm Studios on 1010XL. Hit back with Hastings. Look at the teams across the country that are having success. They have veteran football teams, right? They have a number of players that have been in the program for a number of years. We need to do that. We need to retain players. Uh, We need to continue to add quality players. And then we have to get better in-house at teaching, developing all parts of what we do. It's a Best Bet Monday on The Frangie Show with fantastic locations in Jacksonville, Orange Park, and now in St. Augustine. It's Best Bet. It is a Best Bet Monday. The GOPO 400 with a $40,000 guarantee returns to Best Bet Orange Park from December 6th through December 9th. So make sure that you get there for that. Frank Frangie, Hayes Carline, I'm Lauren Brooks. We're live here at Island Wings. Bartram, RJ Saunders, back at Tension XL headquarters, making it all happen. And you just heard from Florida head coach Billy Napier. Frank, as the Gators, I'll say made some interesting decisions in the game. Uh, Like you mentioned earlier, Gator Nation, very upset with Billy Napier for probably the sixth time already this season. Maybe They're in a really tough spot. I'm very serious about it. They're in a a tough spot because when they hired Billy Napier, it was clear he and Scott Strickland or whoever had the conversation that we've got to blow it up and start over. Right or wrong, blow it up. So... It's clear a lot of guys transferred out because they, they didn't fit what he was trying to do. So he wound up having to play a lot of really young guys. In addition to that, he wasn't very good at the portal thing because he wasn't raised on the portal. He was raised on recruiting high school guys. He was a high school coach. His dad was a high school coach. Mm-hmm. And, he wants to, and, he, and it's very important to him to build it through the high school world, not to build it through the, 
through the through the world of the portal. So, so there's, there's a way he wanted to do it. So if you add up how he wanted to do it and the way he was raised doing it, if you add all that up together, this is a guy that was going to wind up having to do it a different way. Also, this he made a lot of coaching decisions. I say coaching decisions, not coaching decisions. He showed a lot of coaching patterns. It was more patterns than decisions um, that he might be overmatched. So you add up all this. So all of a sudden this plan to, to give him three or four years is now coming under fire. But the problem is what do you do? I do, there's no chance he's fired this year. No matter what, there's not. A, there's no chance he's fired. They would have done that. They would have yep. done right. Yeah. So, there's, so there's no chance he's fired. And he, if they were to fire him, he would have gotten 85 yeah. percent of the contract. Is the that buyout. what it is? Is that what it is? That's that's yeah. not something yeah. Scott Stress is so, going to do. So, so there's no chance he's out. That's a. But now there's noise in the system, the kind of which I don't think they expected to have. So now there's noise in the system, and. He's, but, but he's got this pretty good recruiting class out there. I don't know if it's top three or top four anymore, but it's top, still good, right? It's fifth. I think okay. they expect it to finish somewhere between 9 and 11. Why, why is it fifth now? And will be, and again, I think they're expecting the, a couple to come off, yeah. uh, a couple more to come off, and I don't think that they believe they're going to get anybody that's going to sustain right, where right, they're at. Right, right. So, I mean, it could be wrong. They are yeah. fifth as of today. But as of today. And we're so. only December right, 20th right. the signing day. Yeah. So, so as of now, they're fifth. We'll see where – but yeah. it's not going to fall. I mean, at yeah. worst, it's 11th. Yeah. But it's, it's still – considering he won five games, yeah, it's, it's the greatest recruiting class in the history of mankind. Yeah. Because yeah. so, who would want to go there? That's so, so, so he's having a good recruiting class. So you don't want to chase off the recruiting class. I mean, it's in, it's, in, it's in the best interest of the university to have a good recruiting year. So you don't, you don't want to chase off the recruiting class. So I think that's first and foremost. Um, he's got to be willing to make some changes. So what I think is this. There's a lot of things he needs. And here's the other – the problem, I think – I am not convinced Graham Mertz is coming back. Are you? I'm not convinced, but he should, I, it's in his best interest yeah. to come back. Yeah, I, I, I don't know that I agree with that. I, I think if I'm – Well, he's not going to get drafted. Well, hang on, hang on. If I'm his – you heard Denny Thompson last week. Denny says, if I'm his advisor, I don't know that I'll bring him back. I don't, but if he's not going to be drafted this year, he's probably not drafted next year either. And so – why, if you're, if you're Graham Mertz, think about this. And I'm, I'm trying to take my Gator. My Gator guy had, says, I really hope he comes back because then you have a huge advantage over other teams. You've got a guy coming back who's pretty good and has played a bunch of football. Nobody else has that. But, but he's if, hurt now. Yeah. Well, assuming he's going to be okay. I mean, let's assume. He should be fine by spring practice. Yeah, I think he'd be. Or, or, but I mean, like for the combine, would he be able to do stuff oh, with oh, the com- I, combine? I'm guessing, I don't know. I'm guessing he would be. But let's, let, let, the injury notwithstanding for a second. Just, just. If, if I take my gator hat off and try and be an objective, I'm his advisor, mm-hmm. okay? He just completed 73% passes, 20 touchdowns and three picks against a really hard schedule without a good play caller or a good team around him. Yeah, not what, great offensive line. What's he possibly going to do to improve it? And if you just watched, and if I just watched Tim Boyle and Bailey Zappi and Tyson <laughs> Bagent and Tommy DeVito start NFL games, I'm going to think, wait a minute, those guys, I can do that. Now, again, whether we think he can or not, we're not we're talking about. If you're, if you're his advisor, you're him. He went to Florida, I, I assume. I assume he wants to keep playing football or he would have gone, right? So to, to, to help his NFL resume. Well, what in the world is he going to do to improve his NFL resume more than what he just did? Come back to a team that's going to be no good again with no good offensive linemen? With, by the way, his security blanket – Ricky Pearsall's gone. 
You, so what does he gain by coming back? Now, I guess one thing, you, if you're reaching, if I'm trying to recruit him, I might say, well, look, nobody knew who you were last year. Now you come back while being on the radar. So now maybe scouts see you while you're on the radar. Maybe that helps you. But he's not going to play any better. Statistically, there's no way he's playing better. Not statistically. I think assuming that Billy Napier gets some transfer portal offensive linemen, maybe some receivers like FSU did, it, you've got ETN coming back. Like I could convince him that the team is going to be better next year. Because, oh, by the way, it better not be worse. Yeah, but, but, I'm, but so I, don't, I don't know. Again, Gator fans all want him to come back. Well, he's, he's not going to be an NFL guy. Why wouldn't he come back? We may not want to go through this again. You know what I mean? I, yeah. so, so I don't know. I that mean, I, if he wanted to take $6 million to go be, you know, Auburn's quarterback, whoever, pick sure, yourself, Notre Dame. then I could see him doing that. Yeah, yeah. Notre Dame. But Notre I mean, Dame calls and says, we'll give you $6 million but, to come be our quarterback. Well, then, yeah, I would absolutely do that but, if I was Graham Mertz. But let me ask you, do you think if he wants to be an NFL quarterback, what is he going to do? What's going to be the best process for him? Denny told us last Tuesday it might be just to go – You've done all you can do at the college level. That's my point. It's not like yeah. he grew up this Gator fan and he wants to play for uh, my, my dad's alma mater one more year. Grew up in Kansas. He played in Wisconsin. Now, is he a little bit indebted to Florida because nobody else wanted him and they took him and, and did some good things with him? Now, there's something to that. But, again, I don't know. My guess is he's going to come back and I hope he does, but I'm not convinced of it. I guess, I guess I'm not convinced he's coming back. Stetson Bennett was drafted in the fourth round? Fifth. Fifth round? Right. Stetson Bennett is – a ton more talented than Graham Mertz yeah. as far as the NFL yeah. is concerned. I, I think the other thing, too, is it's just you have to pick your draft if you can. Sometimes uh, you can. Yeah. Uh, but this would be, I mean, literally he would be like the 23rd best quarterback and in Maybe next draft. year he's higher because of the, oh, of, yeah. there's fewer guys. I yeah. mean, I think I next you. year he could be seventh. Yeah. So I mean, so, so to me it's the difference of I don't think he's getting drafted this yeah. year. Next year, he might be like a third-round guy. And, 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 if that, and, if that's the, and if that's what the projections show, okay, now that's the reason he might come. But I'll, I'll just – I want to move on from Mertz. Yeah. I'm not convinced he comes back. And I'm, because, again, I th- he's 23, 24 years old. I think, if, I think some advisors are going to say, bro, you've done all you can do in college. There's, there's nothing else you can do in college. You, you, or you, go ring chase. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. Now, you now, know, go make money in yeah, NIL yeah. and go and, to yeah. a team. That, now, the NIL part changes it. So, so Jordan anyway. Travis could have come out last year. Right. As far as but, the NFL, but he was coming back to a team he knew. He knew they were going to be good. He was he. So, but anyway, so so I'm not number one. I'm not convinced he comes back. So I, I think he will, and I hope he does. But they need him to come back. Secondly, he really needs to mind that portal. Here's the thing: whether whether Gator fan wants it or not, he's coming back. Billy Napier is going to be back. So you have a chance to fix the stuff you did wrong. Go hire the offensive coordinator like Eli Drinkwitz just did. And all of a sudden, that gets better, and you don't look stubborn. Go hire a veteran special teams guy. Go hire a veteran defensive guy. I don't know that Austin Armstrong's terrible. He may be fine. But you got to get more good players, or it's not going to matter who your guy is. So go. the only thing I think they can do, Hayes, they're not firing him. So we can talk forever about whether they should. They're not. Yeah, they're not firing So, so They would have done that Sunday morning. Correct. So I think what you have to do is be flexible and make the changes. you got to be a bulldog in the portal. You gotta somehow get merch to come back. You gotta, you got you gotta, and you gotta change special teams and, and offense. If you do those things, offensive coordinator, the young, bright offensive coordinator guy, special teams guy, get a veteran guy in there. Go get four or five portal guys that they didn't think you could get. That's really all they can do to quiet the noise as best they can. If Florida isn't on every writer's who won the portal list, he's a dead man walking. 
And it, this recruiting class is great in theory. It means very little because outside of about three or four of them, none of them are going to be able to be high-level SEC winners as true freshmen. Maybe a couple of them can do that, but the majority of them are not going to be ready. So the signing class really is immaterial now. I mean, you'd like to think Lagway can give them a situational element to the offense that will help. Uh, Maybe one of these speedy receivers can come in and contribute right away. Maybe somebody in the secondary that they sign can help them. But for the most part, you're only going to get three or four of those guys that, I mean, he's playing a lot of them now, but they're liabilities because they're true freshmen. They should be liabilities. That's the way the sport is set up. They're playing against 23-year-olds. So what? He starts two true freshman safeties. On what planet is that a good plan? So what happens now? So now I think you – for the signing class to me is if he ends up signing 16 kids, who cares? Because he has got to sign – first off, whatever the top ten list is of guys in the portal, he's got to get three of them, he, regardless of position. It doesn't matter. Even if it's a position he thinks he's good at, he has got to get – three guys that can step in and have all SEC seasons next year. And then he's got to go get another 10 to 12 that can be decent at this level. And then, yes, then you've got your young players that he's going to have to retain. Look, Trevor Etienne's going to get calls. Kelby Collins, Jordan Castell, they're going to get calls because they played a lot as true freshmen, and teams are going to be like, hey, you want to come here? So where do you think he's going to land? Oh, I think he's – completely not cut out for it so i think it's going to be a i think they're punting on 2024 by not firing him i think they're going to be a debacle next year so you think and i think he's going to get fired so you so you think though you think he's getting fired next year i absolutely what do you think i tend to agree uh because i don't see why those top 10 transfer portal guys would go to florida when you can go to florida state or Georgia, or Alabama, or Clemson, or Ohio State, or Michigan, or name the 25 teams in the top 25 where Florida's not that have just had winning seasons, Louisville. And, I mean, there's no reason why a top 10 transfer portal person would go to Florida over other schools because they're going to start at those other schools. See, I don't think that's what's going to happen. But I'm trying to take emotion out of it, not take Gator hat off, and say how objectively – all right, so what – obviously – he can't run the offense. If he comes back running the offense, running the special teams with no significant decision changes, it's over. Then I think it's over. Yeah. So I think he's got to make some changes. But somehow, I mean, the reality is both teams lost their quarterbacks. FSU lost a better quarterback than Florida did. And it was a relatively close game. It wasn't a blowout. I thought it was going to be a blowout. It wasn't a blowout. Okay. Somehow it wasn't a blowout. They played Missouri the week before, a team that just put 41-10 on Arkansas, a team that put 36-7 on Tennessee the week before, and should have beat them. That happened. I mean, we're not, I'm not a mad, I'm not, it's not a mirage. It, that happened. Now, we can talk forever about what they didn't do to finish it, but somehow Billy Napier had that team in position to beat the number nine team in the country on the road. That happened. That team... He beat Tennessee, who probably turned out to be kind of overrated. But there's, some, there's enough good in there that I'm interested to see what becomes of it. Now if, he, now, if he's stubborn and won't change anything and doesn't get better, Mike Norvell, I think, got better as a coach. I think Kirby Smart got better as a game day coach. 
If he's not willing to do those things, then, then you guys are right and he probably doesn't make it. But I think in my mind, I think, I'm guessing, but I think it's going to be better next year. I think he makes it to his fourth year. Now, at that point, by your fourth year at the University of Florida, you can't be 7-5. and five. I, I think that, that I will come along with people on that. If Mertz doesn't come back, you think Florida will be better next season? I think this whole thing will get better. I think I don't know if they'll be better. And by the way, I said all this about Mercy. My guess is he comes back. But I'm just not convinced he comes back because of what I just said. I'm not convinced he comes back. Are you convinced that he's going to hire an offensive coordinator and a special teams Oh, no, coordinator? I don't know okay. any of that. But I, my, my point, he should my, have had done that a, yeah, a season yeah, ago. He should have announced it today. Yeah, and then my, done that. But my, point, yeah. but my point is, if we get angry away from it, if we get, if we get our, our gator blood away from it, there's enough good in this, in this era where all we do is fire the coach, 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 fire the coach. There's enough good there in what I think he's trying to build that I'm at least intrigued to see the next step. I'm if, at least, that's where I am. I'm intrigued to see the next step. I would not fire a coach. I would not fire him after two years. I think we've got to stop firing our coaches every two years, not just Florida. We've got to stop. We've got to hire a guy. Do you know... I think Florida's played football for 110 years, something like that, 115, something like that, right? 120, 120 years? 115, yeah. Okay. They've had, I think, 18 coaches. Is that, is that 18 okay? Do you know before Ron Zook, before Ron Zook, I don't think Florida ever, ever had a coach, ever had a coach that they didn't give at least five years to. Now, I know the world's changed in the portal and people firing millions of dollars and all, but – I don't think anybody at Florida ever fired a coach before five years. I, I'm trying. I can't think of one. I mean, certainly in my lifetime they didn't. So uh, he just—he just to me again. Maybe he gets better. I, but but he, it's. I mean, right now he's a total zero as an in-game manager. A total zero. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he ha- he he will have to improve to be mediocre at this. Then how did they play Missouri so close? I don't know because I mean Missouri. I mean, I don't know because it's Florida and he's got some decent athletes and Missouri's asleep at the wheel because this team isn't very good. Okay, but I'm just saying. I mean, he, I mean look, he lost to a pathetic Arkansas team who was one in seven in league play. Yeah, and uh, while agree, everyone wants to throw out the Missouri close call, he's a ricochet oh, pass no. away no, no. from losing to South Carolina. By the way, nobody. I'm the only guy throwing out the Missouri close call. <laughs> Everybody else wants to point out the Arkansas I mean, game and say fire him. This could have been yeah, four and eight. Yeah, again, I, no, oh no question. I mean, South Carolina's yeah. sitting there today in Columbia yeah. saying, "Well, we should have beaten yeah. Florida." Correct. Yeah. I, I, I'll say it again. I think if we keep firing our coaches and firing our coaches and firing our coaches, if we keep doing it, every, keep firing our coaches every two years, that program's never going to get fixed. Yeah, we may, we may fall into a dead fish or we, we may fall in. We, I mean, haven't we learned yet that between McElwain and, and uh, Muschamp and McElwain and Mullen and Billy, it's, this isn't working. This isn't working, this fire and fire and fire. It's not working. If Mullen had been more committed as a recruiter, he would still be the head coach. I don't think that yeah, Scott yeah, Strickland necessarily wanted to fire him you know too Lauren, quickly. But it's you just know, he gave up on the job. But, That's his fault. But you, know, but, you know, you say that. And, I, and look, I thought it was time for him to go. To, so I'm as guilty as anybody. But he was one year. He only had one bad year. I mean, I mean and now, now again, I, it looked like he had lost interest and gotten stubborn and wasn't recruiting very hard and all but he only had one bad year. It was one year. And, I mean, he was one year removed from almost beating Alabama, and a year later he's fired. 
I just think this culture of firing our guys, firing our guys, firing our guys, because fans are madder than ever. They're more, you, they're they're easier to hear than ever because they're on social media. There is just so much out there. I just, I, I don't know. I, I, I'm not suggesting that I'm at the point of beyond a reasonable doubt. There's no way he'll ever be good because I can see that he can recruit. So maybe he's able to build a roster. I'm just saying my guess is I get it. he's not going to make right, it right, but, but, because but, so much has to improve. Right. But I'm not at by the, the way, point. By the way, I think you're more in the majority than I am. Okay, I, I hear you. I think, you're, I think your point is a logical, I think he's not going to make it. But there's people on social that he's the worst coach ever, and the worst thing they could do is not fire him today. That, that, and, I, and I'm just – you see my point? I, just, I think that, that exists out there. Yeah, I don't think it's an impossibility that, yeah. that he gets to year four. I mean, he recruits well. We'll see now that he obviously knows the f- changes that he has yeah. to make if he makes them. Uh, then, yeah, there's a yeah. chance for him. Yeah. But I just don't think it's going to happen. Yeah, and, and, because I think ultimately next year, particularly against that schedule, I, I mean, he is literally – he might be the worst game manager I've ever seen. Oh, no, I don't think that. I've seen a lot of coaches. I mean, he cannot – he has no yeah. feel for a yeah. game. Yeah, and, and, I, and I think that's gotten better – but I agree with you. I don't think he's a great footer. I don't think he's ever going to be a great sideline coach. We're going to take a break, but I don't stay on this. But for me, I think I want – and if he gets to year four, if he gets to year four, then presumably he'll have some of those 22- and 23-year-old guys that Missouri has and Wake Forest had all those years, and I'll be interested to see. So I'm, I'm hopeful. We know he's going to be there for year three. There's, that's not debatable. I'm hopeful they win enough games. And by the way, if I could start over – and pick a guy two years ago, I'm now not so sure he'd be the guy. He definitely wouldn't be. Okay, the guy. but he was the guy then. Yeah. You know, but he would. I don't know. If he'd be the guy, but he is there, and and he is starting to build something. And I and I and I do think they play hard for him. And I do think there's something to that. And I think we have to quit firing our guys all the time. The narrative fire. The narrative fire. I think we have to quit firing our guys all the time. So I hope they don't. We'll talk more about it in a minute. This is 1010XL on 92.5 FM. The Frangie Show, live from the Hastings Injury Law Firm Studios on 1010XL. Hit back with Hastings. It's a Best Bet Monday on The Frangie Show with fantastic locations in Jacksonville, Orange Park, and now in St. Augustine. It's Best Bet. The 12 Days of Christmas is right around the corner at Best Bet Jacksonville from December 12th to December 23rd. High hands every hour, increasing daily from $1,200 up to $2,300. So make sure you swing by Best Bet Jacksonville December 12th through the 23rd. Frank Kays, I'm Lauren Brooks. RJ Saunders back at Tintin XL headquarters talking Florida football because it's a controversial topic these days as far as head coach is concerned. So here, as we wrap this, I'm going to get to some other stuff. But as we wrap this, here's my thought. Last year, Billy Napier, not a good coach, was never on the table. Maybe it was the case, but that was not the conversation piece. The conversation piece was he just took over. Um, Anthony Richardson, it was all his fault. Yep. Anthony Richardson was too erratic. And Anthony the defense R- was historically and the de- bad. Yeah. And the defense was historically bad. And, and that really improved this yeah, season. Yeah, yeah. And, so, and so, that was, so it was never his fault. It, mm-hmm. was, it was everybody else's fault. No, at no point, yeah, so he managed timeouts kind of poorly and – but we did, there wasn't an off-season of conversation about Billy Napier, the overmatch coach. It just didn't exist. So there wasn't a need to make a lot of changes. And then he goes and steals this bright young coach from Nick Saban, and we thought all was – remember that? We all mm-hmm. talked about it. We talked about yeah. it at the spring game. So 
Because he, he blitzed a ton in the yeah, spring game. Yeah, right. So he went and steal. Well, everyone thought about how Austin Armstrong was going to be a star one day. Right. <laughs> we, By the way, we thought Graham Mertz was horrendous because of the spring game. Yeah. And then look yeah. at the season that he yeah, had. Yeah, well, we didn't all think that. Okay, so but In the spring game, I thought... I, 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 no, I, I didn't, I didn't, you think, didn't no, I, I they, all, they had zero points for so long. So I, I, I just remember, I know, I remember thinking, they, I remember thinking the back, the backup center kept snapping the ball over his head and they had, I, I mean, remember, I remember thinking they had no chance. They, we kept laughing about why they blitz every play. So, uh, so, but anyway, back to, but back to Billy, nobody, the whole Billy thing, nobody talked about, uh Oh, is he overmatched? Well, now that's on the table, which is why I think it could hasten or tighten the leash on him. So, how does he respond to it? Is he stubborn guy? That no, that no, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna call the plays, and our staff is fine, and I'm not making any changes. And then if he's stubborn guy, and nothing changes. Well then, well then you're right, Hayes, and he's fired. And then he's fired, and then he's fired on November 10th, right? I mean that's when you fire. Yeah, you fire you, nobody, nobody's fired on September 3rd, and now anymore, nobody's fired after the season. They're pretty much all fired, right? Either right after the season or so. But it, so you do it before the end of the season because you want to get first into the sweepstakes, yeah. So the, the real question now, and by the way, I will say this. What will work against him a little bit is there wasn't a guy. It's not Lane Kiffin. Lane Kiffin is not going to be the next Florida coach, okay? It's not. I just, my gut, it's not Lane Kiffin, okay? But I just, I just, I just, I don't think it's Lane Kiffin. I, I think, I still think there's, there's some more, Kiffin's a good coach, but there's some more there too. But you know what could hurt him? The emergence of this guy, Jed Fish, who went to Florida. The, nobody, wants, nobody wants one of their own more than someone who, the one time they had one of their own, was the greatest coach in school history. And make no mistake about this, sorry, Urban, Steve Spurrier was the greatest coach in school history. Make no, make no mistake about that. And I'll, I'll, I'll argue anybody wants to argue that. I don't think anybody would yeah, argue okay, that. Okay, <laughs> yeah, anyway. okay but, but I mean, but, well, for a while, they, but either yeah. way. But, but the point is, but back to the point. What could hurt him a little bit is Jed Fish, who kind of wears a visor like Spurrier. Loves Spurrier. Who yeah. loves Spurrier, who yeah. learned under Spurrier, who loves to tell the story of how he put a note under Spurrier's uh, windshield every day to get a chance. Uh, wasn't that him? He's the one who told that story, right? Now, all of a sudden, is the hot thing. That's the one thing that could work against Billy Napier, is that, is that the – it's not, again, it's not Kiffin. Whether it should be or not, it's not going to be. Well, Kiffin. and look, if I'll, yeah. uh, you know, yeah. but I'm, I'm if just, Brom wins ten next yeah. year, yeah, I get he's at his alma mater, right? Man, I'd make that call. Oh, oh, by the way, I think that would be the best hire, but I don't think Jeff Brom's leaving Louisville. So the point, and I could be wrong. My, my point is, is none of those. Where whereas Brom would be good, Kiffin would be good. I don't see all that aligning. This is my opinion. But I can see the fish thing oh, aligning. Fish, yeah. the, fish thing, the fish thing could align. Fish will take the job for 400 grand. Yeah. And <laughs> he just wants to coach yeah, the Gators. Yeah, yeah. But, but, and, but, but it, you do think that that all could start lining up. And that could, what could work against Billy Napier is if Billy Napier is the coach and Jed Fish, what are they, nine and, did he finish 9-3? and three? I think they're 9-3 and three going into their bowl game. Now watch them go. They go, win a, they, they go beat someone 42-10 in the bowl. Right. And then they would have won their last six or whatever. In a tough league. Yeah, in a tough league. And then all of a sudden, then he I, wins I like can't nine even get where, where are they? Oh, they're the Big Twelve. And then he and then he, he gets off to a hot start next year. Forget nine to nine, wins his first six. Right. And all of a sudden, he's six and zero oh and ranked ninth. That could work against Napier. Forget and, he, and they put up fifty nine against yeah. Arizona State. Right, right. Like I, it's, right. Florida fans won. Yes, visor yes. Spurrier guy, kind of cocky. 
uh, had a little bit of NFL in him, knows yep. the passing game, yep. starts 6-0 and next year and ranked ninth. Everybody mm-hmm. knows he went to – by the way, you will if Florida starts out slowly and Arizona starts out well, let me just tell you, you want a number, give me a number. You will read 7,462 times that he went to Florida. Right. Just so you don't want to know how many times you'll read, you'll read it every you'll, – you'll see it on a billboard. Yeah. You'll see it when you when, – you know when you – when you take out the trash and someone loses a match, the matchbooks cover will say, "Hey, did you know Jed Fish went to Florida?" Right. So it's going to be so. That's the one thing that could work against him is the presence of a guy that aligns. I don't think Kiffin aligns. I don't think Brahm aligns. I just, I just, I just. Not that it matters. Mullen always aligned. You know, you you called you called the Mullen hire two weeks before anybody even talked about Mullen as a Florida guy. You 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 liked him better than I had the right guy. I said Scott Frost. <laughs> Okay. Okay. How the how, how I wonder how yeah, that would have gone. Yeah. I had, I, let's let's go get Scott Frost. Okay. By the way, everybody the people that didn't want Scott Frost wanted Chip Kelly. How would that have gone? Yeah. Okay. Right, yeah. So I mean, you you had the right guy. He's just he just turned out to be the wrong guy. He after just he checked the right out. Guy. Yeah. yeah. But the uh, but but back to the point. In my opinion, the uh, the Jed Fish stuff, the Jed Fish stuff. Could could work against him. Does that make sense? Could that oh, that absolutely. presence could work. Not that not that Scott Strickland isn't going to fire him because he can go hire Jed Fish, but that's the noise in the system. If Billy Napier gets fired, it's not because there's another great coach out there. It's because Billy Napier's system, right. his army of I staff agree. people, I, and his entire system didn't work at all. I Florida. agree, Lauren. But I agree with that. But the noise in the system does get louder if a Florida guy who wears a visor and throws the football, and mentored under Steve Spurrier is all the rage. That's what could, that's what could heighten it. Is there any doubt in your mind about that? No, it absolutely would heighten it. I, and it, it's, it's the, the only hiccup there is I don't know that he's going to be the best candidate. You know, so I mean, Jed Fish. I, I yeah. don't know. I mean, I don't either. I don't, know, I, 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 to me, he still feels like a Plan B guy for Florida. Yeah. Um, but yeah. you know, I mean, that could certainly change. Yeah. And, and if I, they and get I don't, off to a I, hot start, and I don't know either. I, I, I just, I just think I, I don't see everybody wants Billy Napier to succeed, and he's right. certainly going to have right. a lot of big statement games next year to prove that he should be the coach. Look, Miami's the opener, right? So if Florida doesn't get really good in the trenches, yeah. Miami's going to come into the swamp right. and push them around for sixty minutes, so, right? Because they are built on both lines, yep. and we'll see what Miami adds. But, I mean, again, if you beat Miami in the opener, yeah, right. and then everybody's like, oh, well, well he's well, figured that's right. it out. And, yeah. and, again, and again, is, is the Florida team the team that went toe-to-toe with Missouri, that, is, that, that showed some, some life, that, that found a way to come back and beat South Carolina, that, that beat Tennessee? Or is it the Florida team that couldn't even beat Arkansas and that looked so dysfunctional at times? Well, which one of those teams plays in the first month of the season, to your point, is critical critical for how he does. So we'll see. We'll take a break. Let's get to some NFL. Johnny Oates joins us at the top of the hour to talk Jaguars, but I want to go around the league a little bit when we return. Stay with us. The Frangie Show, live from the Hastings Injury Law Firm Studios on 1010XL. Hit back with Hastings. Yeah, we just we just know it's it's, uh, it's, it's his, right, his right knee. He's getting further testing today. Uh, we got a couple of days here uh, to, to see and, and make a, make a determination. You know, for this game, you know, coming up on Monday night. So the benefit is we got the extra day, but we're going to continue to monitor him these next few days and, and see how he uh, see how he feels coming back on Thursday. It's a best bet Monday on the Frangie Show with fantastic locations in Jacksonville, Orange Park, and now in St. Augustine. It's best bet. 
Doug Peterson just talking about Cam Robinson. It is his left knee. Jaguars PR clarified that. It is his left knee. And as of 3.51 p.m., the Jaguars did put him on injured reserve, and they signed offensive lineman Chandler Brewer from the practice squad to the active roster. So it is going to be at least four weeks for Cam. But did they? Is it true that they also added Kiefer Sutherland? Because yeah, well, Really? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> Great actor. I mean, they, I mean, number one. He was still pissed off in A Few Good Men, one of my favorite all-time <laughs> movies. Remember how mad he was? Oh, yeah. He was, not, he was, he he was a good villain and a good, good guy. Yeah, Because he he's great in Young Guns yeah. is the is Doc. Yeah. Yes, he's great in Young Guns. What's his, what's his like, claim to fame? 24? Is 24 like Probably. The, that's the claim to fame, right? I would think. But, but he uh, was in it. Mean, okay. like, I mean, he was in The Lost Boys as a villain, Stand right. By Me as a villain. <laughs> yes, he was. Yeah. Um, good villain. I mean, he's good at being. Oh, a he's a really good actor. Yeah, yeah he's yeah. He, he's, in, he's but he very was, easy to hate every ounce of him. But his bad. But but <laughs> in a few good men, he was so pissed off. Yeah, he was so pissed off. Um, by the way, so so anyway, Kiefer Sutherland, Kiefer, Kiefer Sutherland <laughs> is now a member of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Oh wait a minute, it's Keaton Sutherland. Oh. It is Keaton Sutherland, okay. which is really ironic because we had a dog named Kiefer, and now I have a dog wait. named Keaton. So, <laughs> oh wow! So there, so there is which that. really is surprising. <laughs> so there is that. But huh? yeah, I mean Walker Little certainly you would think feels more comfortable at left tackle. And I think Ezra Cleveland stepped yeah. in admirably at left guard after only playing a handful of snaps the week before, but he's Ezra, comfortable there too. I think Ezra Cleveland's going to sign long-term with them. And I think he's going to be a good player. for Did the you Jaguars. ever see Flatliners? <laughs> that was I a did. good key for Sullivan. That was a good key for Sullivan. And he's a good, Shockingly, he's, I've seen it. He's kind of a good, he's, I guess he's a good guy. In Flatliners? Uh, but it's a, it's a, yeah. it's an, it's a I, I like the movie, yeah. but it's, uh, yeah, it's, uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's it's a thriller. That was yeah. awesome. Yeah, it God, was, it God, bless it. God bless it, Jags, for giving us about three minutes of keeping something <laughs> yeah. right. This yeah, there you go. Um, best team in the NFL, Eagles? I'm going to say 49ers. Yeah. yeah, they're the one team that doesn't seem, even though they lost a three in a row, they're the one team that doesn't seem to be as flawed, aren't they? Yeah. When everybody's healthy and adding Chase Young to go opposite Bosa, they're the one team that doesn't feel flawed. Yeah. By the way, this week, yeah, San Fran at Philly. Yeah, I know, I know. Oh, It'll absolutely, be a great game. Great yeah, but I think that'll answer the question. Certainly for the NFC. I mean, it's hard for me to pick against the Chiefs when all they do is yeah. is win down the road, you know, especially in the playoffs. Even though they always have it at home, their defense is really good. Their offense just hasn't clicked. But it certainly got better this past week. But I think you still have to throw the Chiefs in. Yeah, there. well, yeah. sure. They're they're, they're obviously um, in in the conversation, but. Uh, and maybe, and maybe this is something I don't know. Maybe this has something to do with what uh, uh, Tom Brady was trying to say about the mediocrity. But there's nobody unbeatable now. There's no, there's no one in the NFL. No one's ever really unbeatable. But there's nobody. And again, I'm trying to. And I'm, I'm, I'm Jaguar guy. Okay, so I'm, I'm trying to. Every time I say this, my question is how the Jaguars match up with whomever. But there's nobody there that I think. On a neutral field, they couldn't win the game. I know, I know the 49ers blasted them. That, that's probably the worst matchup for them. Yep. But, I mean, I'm, I pulled up the ESPN Power Poll. Philly 1, San Francisco 2, Kansas City 3, Detroit 4. I mean, Detroit 4 is another joke. Yeah, yeah it is, Is that before it? this? Is that? Well, did I get it wrong? I mean. They don't. ESPN doesn't update it until Tuesdays because of the Monday oh, night game. Okay. So that must be old. Okay. Yeah. Well, yeah. they looked horrible on Thanksgiving. They did. That yeah. they did. I yeah, couldn't believe the Packers yeah, beat them. They did. So, At but, home. Baltimore five, Dallas six. Dallas, Miami, I mean the Cowboys. Hang on. Yeah, Miami seven, Cleveland eight, Jacksonville nine. Well, sorry. Yeah, yeah this, these yeah, are yeah, old. They must but be old. Jaguars will improve after but, this. But, past but my, week. My, my, yeah, you're right. But I, I, I don't know. I just think that if you, in terms of 
Yeah, going to Arrowhead on the on the if you get to Arrowhead on the AFC Championship game, that's going to be a pain in the ass. Yeah, I'm I get that. The Chiefs, yeah, yeah, happens. I am too. Right, yeah. But but still, but I'm not so convinced. I'm not so convinced that I'm going to plan a cruise on Super Bowl Sunday. Correct. I, I guess that's the point, right? Oh yeah. When other years. I mean, I guess you never are because when we went to Foxborough in, in the, for the 17 season early 2018, I didn't plan a cruise for the Super Bowl that week. I was planning on going to Minneapolis, to be honest with you. So, yeah. so I, I guess if you get to that game, you always believe. And the Jaguars are ascending. I, I mean, and I don't watch the ascending. Chiefs play in yes, and play out. Yes. But the, the 49ers are certainly ascending. We'll see about the Eagles. Yeah, yeah, because Trevor Lawrence keeps playing like this. I mean, it's still a quarterback's league. I, you can, I mean, if, if he keeps playing like this, I guess I'm just I, – I, I guess I was so impressed by how they played yesterday. I guess that's where I'm going with all this. And I'll bounce this off Johnny O when he joins us in a minute. I was just so impressed with how they played yesterday. I really was. That I find myself thinking, you know, I, um, I'm not afraid of anybody. You know? And, and, again, the 49ers are the closest to it. But – the pass rush is just so scary. Yeah, yeah, and, and listen, they're, they're, we're flawed. I mean, we're not running the ball very well. I get that, but I just the it just the the prism of which we look through makes the power poles and the top of the power poles look different. Does that make sense? Does it, that comment make sense? It does, and I think again, in terms of the teams that would really frighten you, well, Philly and San Fran, you're not going to see unless you're having the greatest <laughs> year you've ever had in yeah. the Super Bowl. Yeah. Uh, Kansas City, I think they've played them so much that there wouldn't be a lot of fear factor. You'd love for the game to be here. Yeah. But even if they had to go to Arrowhead, look, I would pick the Chiefs, but I think it'd be a great game. I mean, I think it'd be very competitive. Uh, there's really no one in the AFC. I, I, Baltimore, to me, is, is good, but it's just so hard to trust that Lamar Jackson is going to stay healthy that deep into the season. Uh, so, and he, you know, even with Lamar, I think the Jaguars can beat them. So in the AFC, I don't think there's really anybody that would really concern me from a standpoint of, I mean, everything's going to have to go right. And, and the two teams in the league that I think do have that, I think Dallas could kind of be that for the Jaguars. I think Dallas would be a tough team to, to beat. But all those teams you, you're not going to see unless you're in Vegas. And if you're in yeah, Vegas, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's going to be the greatest season we've ever had. Yeah, right. No matter how it ends, I mean, right. and so, uh, and r- right now, is Kansas City the last? If you had to play the AFC Championship game on the road, is Kansas City the last place you'd want to go, or yes. is Baltimore? Kansas City. Same I'd much same much same rather go to Baltimore. Okay. Yeah. All right. Take Kansas City off the list, then Baltimore. I think so. Yeah. I wouldn't want to go to Buffalo, but I don't know if the Bills what about will Miami? end up being there. I think the Jaguars would. Yeah. Kill Miami. I'm yeah. Fine with yeah. That. yeah. I don't know about kill, but I, think I mean, not kill, I don't think it's I'd a really him, tough place. I pick to him play. to beat. I pick him to beat Miami. I pick him yeah. to win at Miami. But also the environment. I mean, it's yeah. different. Yeah, because those are the four teams right. Right now, the four division leaders who look like they. I mean, the Bills have collapsed. The uh, uh, Burrow's out. Uh, the Chargers. It never happened. Yeah, the so, Steelers in the AFC North. Uh, but, but they're the no Ravens. good. But, no, yeah, I don't think so either. So, so the four teams that have emerged are the four division leaders. The Chiefs. The Ravens, the Jags, and the Dolphins—the four, divi- the four division leaders—that that, those are the teams that have emerged. And I don't think you'll get a repeat of Jaguars Chargers. Yeah, yeah, no, no. I don't either. I mean, the, the Chargers—they're done. What yeah. you what you said is right. They they just got the wrong coach, and they they, they got to fire the coach. And and there's probably enough of a nucleus there that if they get the right coach, um, what do you think of the what do you think of the Broncos? Five wins in a row. What do you think of them? I think they're a, a 
good story, but they're offensively flawed, and I, I don't think they're a real threat to do anything in the tournament. Yeah. So, I, I mean, yeah, they would get in, obviously, as a wild card, so the Jaguars wouldn't have to worry about going to Denver. Could yeah, I, I'd, I'd sign up for that today if you told me Denver comes in here for the first game. Where do yeah. I sign? Yeah, and the, I, I mean, I I I'll welcome right. Denver and, and the Browns. No, the Browns with Deshaun out. No, no concern. We'll find out because we go up there. But I mean, no concern. Not not here. Uh, you know, I mean, defensively, I think. But again, we're waiting word on Miles Garrett. I mean, a guy says, "I felt something pop in my shoulder." Right. Well, if he's out, yeah. That's right. I mean, they're a different team. I mean, how could you possibly lose Nick Chubb, Miles Garrett, Deshaun Watson? Right. Amari Cooper hurt his ribs yeah. in that game too. So we'll see where he's at in a couple weeks. They just seem to be a team. I think, that, I think Cleveland had the makings of something special because of the defense. But at some point, the attrition just gets to a point where you can't possibly keep up. Yeah, and eventually the team also realizes they're going nowhere. Once that happens, then they lose the fight. Too. Yeah, I, I, guess I, just, I guess the whole point of this, this segment, this topic, is maybe it's because the Jags have gotten better. Maybe I'm impressed with how they, how they attacked defensively yesterday, the, the way Trevor played. And yes, I'm, I realize the game came down to a field goal hitting the crossbar. I, I was there, I know, but I just kicked the field goal yeah, yeah. before half. It doesn't yeah, come yeah. down to that. Yeah, but I, but I, but I just honestly, the Texans would be a team that they might be like of teams that I do not want to see again in the playoffs. Good point. Houston would be high for me. I mean, in terms of let's say the Jags don't get home field, so they have to play Wild Card Weekend. I'd much rather yeah. see the Browns, the Colts, uh, the yeah. Steelers. Than I would the yeah, Texans. Yeah, because the, I'd rather see the Broncos over the Texans. I do yeah, not want to see C.J. Stroud in the tournament. Yeah, they, the, yeah. There's some. There's some Mahomes in C.J. Stroud. There, there is some. There is some Patrick Mahomes in there. There, there's. I, I don't see that comparison as much. Um, but yeah, certainly people are talking about I, that. I think. I think the. I don't. From the way they play, I don't see it. Yeah. But this is where I see it. He makes the wow! How did that happen? Play. I mean, he almost hit that 70-yard bomb. Right. I mean, the, I mean, he is special. I mean, in terms of the explosiveness yes. uh, through the air, uh, so I, I think he plays differently. And I'm not saying he's on Mahomes' level. But I think from that splash play effect, yes, he has it. that element. Yeah. Mahomes does it with the no-look passes and the whip. Uh, and the mobility. See, yeah, and Stroud so has some mobility, but oh, I don't think he's like Mahomes. Oh boy, see, I think he's re- he's mobile the same way Mahomes is. He's wonderfully athletic, looking to pass the whole time. What he he doesn't get. He's not a guy to take. Lamar Lamar tucks it in. He's gone. Okay, not C J Stroud. C J Stroud tucks it in. He's just he's just trying to buy time for someone to get open. Hey, he's really good at that. Oh yeah, he keeps his eyes downfield the whole time. The, the whole but time. I think Mahomes has killed did, the Jaguars with his legs more times. Did than Stroud check down that. like once yesterday? I mean, it just feels like everything with him is eyes twenty yards downfield, yeah. and it just makes him so dangerous, even under pressure. Yeah. That's the crazy. I mean, well, I don't remember. I'm sure there was because it's the NFL. But I don't remember very many instances yeah. where he just said, nope, nothing's open downfield, and just checked it yeah. down. But he, what he does, he buys time, spins away from a sack, stays alive, scrambles, fades, moves. Like, to your point, Lauren, always looking downfield. But rookies don't do that. That's yeah. the, in the NFL. Yeah. Rookies can't yeah, yeah. keep their eyes downfield yeah. while avoiding pressure. He, he's a special player. I, there was, uh, some of the Houston people were telling me he picked up things really quick. First, day camp, first two or three days of camp, he couldn't hear the play call. Because he just had never done it before. So he's got his hands over his ears, and it's just not coming. And, and so, he, so he couldn't hear the play call. Next day, he was firing around like he was John Elway. 
they said every there's there one check that he the one check he couldn't get, and he was frustrated. He was very frustrated with himself. The next day, he looks like he's Peyton Manning as far as making the checks. He said so. He's real quick at things happening for him. And two or three people told me that. I got to talk to Andre Ware. I got to talk, obviously, Mark. I talked to uh, John Harris, who you guys all know. I talked to some other people. You know, they, the, they would honestly be like the fourth. I don't want to see the Chiefs first. Probably, it's going to sound stupid, but probably Bill second, although I don't think it's going to be a problem. Yeah. Uh, Ravens third. I'd put Texans above the Dolphins. I would rather see the Dolphins in the tournament. Than the Texans. I think I feel that, that way too. That says a lot too. about CJ Stroud. I think I feel that way too. I, I, I think I, I, and certainly in years to come. Yeah, I, I'm not there. I've never gotten there with Tua. I think CJ Stroud's so good. You, you guys know I feel. Well, about the, the key though, at least for now, is the Texans don't have the dominant pass rush. If they had, you know, the healthy JJ Watt when he was in his prime on this team right now. Yeah. They're really good. Now, let's take a break. Let's uh, talk more Jaguars. Johnny O joins us by phone. The O show is next after this. Stay with us. The Frangie Show, live from the Hastings Injury Law Firm Studios on 1010XL. Hit back with Hastings. Let's ring up another guest on the All-Pro Roofing phone line. Now it's time for the O Show with John Osher from Jaguars.com. Oh. 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 Johnny O joins us. Ah, Johnny, that was a good win yesterday, bro. I thought that was his. NFL-ish, a good NFL win as I've seen in a long time. What'd you think? Yeah, and uh, I think this morning when we were on our uh, our, our Jaguars AM show, I uh, the point I made was this is a mature team and a good team, and they just seem to win these games. You know, uh, the most impressive part they go down one point for the first time in the game in the third quarter. Momentum's going against you. A break went against you with the interception. Uh, then they came right back down. A three minute and 41 second drive. Take the lead. Get the two point conversion. Stop. Go up 10. Take control of the game. And, uh, yeah. for all the sporadic stuff that they've had in the last eight games, A, they've won seven of them, so you're not that sporadic. But B, that def- to me, what I just said is define those wins. When they needed plays, they came up with plays. That's what the NFL is, and that's what they've done. Hayes, I thought John's word mature was the perfect word. They're now a mature veteran team. That's how that game felt yesterday. Yeah, no doubt about it. And, John, the stars really rose to the occasion. Trevor Lawrence, the face of the offense. Josh Allen, the face of the defense. Unbelievable performances, and that's what it takes to be successful in the NFL, right? Yeah, it was a big time game by Josh, and I don't, I don't want to discount that, but I'm sure you guys have talked about Josh all day, so I'm sure right. he's gotten the love that he wants or need or doesn't care about. But uh, Trevor Lawrence, let's not discount that sound pass came off Ridley's hand, and he's probably an inch away from nailing that game shut with the pass to Zay Jones. If he gets both of those, that's a 440-yard, two-touchdown game in the biggest game of the season. So all, all these people who keep trying to find things that he's not, what better performance can you have against C.J. Stroud in that game on the road? Uh, I guess let's not assume that that kind of thing is a given, right? I mean, I thought that was a big-time game by Trevor and obviously a big-time game by Josh, but I, 
it just seems like all the emails I got last night, not very much uh, mention of how well Trevor played. I thought it was a big-time game. Well, in the interception, wouldn't it shouldn't have even been an interception. So right, that's give right. him the Ridley play, the Zay Jones play, to your point, and take away the interception? I mean, he had a passer rating of about 158.3. Yeah, I mean, it, it's uh, one thing, you know, the old man in me keeps wanting to tell him, Trevor, stop sticking the ball out at the goal line. That's three touchdowns in the last three weeks where he stuck the ball out. Right. Things going to get whacked away at some point, and it's it. but for right now, I'm not emphasizing it. The old school guy in me is, is telling me, <laughs> "Let's get the ball in another way," because that's going to bite you at some point. So far, so good, but boy, that scares me. It certainly can. And they made the point on the broadcast, John, that if you're going to reach it over the goal line, do it with your non-throwing hand at least uh, next time. As far as Travis Etienne, is, how healthy or unhealthy is he? Um, you know, I didn't hear anything today or, or last night that makes me super concerned. I'm sure he'll be on the injury report. Uh, that chest area, ribbit-type area, uh, it, it can linger. Uh, it can be something where the after effect, you know, you can play through it on the adrenaline and it comes back. I haven't heard that to be the case. Uh, something to watch. Probably not a terrible thing for that sort of a pain tolerance injury, but there's an extra day this week and an extra what? So, you know, day and then a half a day because it's a night game. So that's probably good. Uh, although personally, I think they're, I don't think it would kill them at running back if, if the other two guys have to play. They're much better with Travis. Johnny O with us, the O Show. John Ozier from Jaguars.com. All right, John, Cam Robinson down for four games at least now. Uh, Walker Little, the left tackle. Ezra Cleveland will be the left guard. Uh, how does this affect the team? How much? Well, it's, uh, to use the horrible phrase, it's deja vu all over again. I mean, it, it, yeah. You got in this exact same situation last year. I said when they traded for Cleveland, I thought that they learned last year you've got to have six, seven, eight offensive linemen who can play to win in this league. Uh, to credit Trent Baalke for a move that uh, was not incredibly high profile, now you shift Walker out, you go with Ezra. Um, I can't say they won't fall off a little bit because I think, I think Cam's the spiritual leader of that offense. Uh He's a tough guy. The team thrives on him. Uh, he keeps everybody up, keeps everybody into it. But they showed last year they can win with this kind of a combination. I mean, it, it, it sets you where you probably can't afford another one at, at left tackle and feel as good as you do now. But barring injury, they should be able to get through this. John, I, I – uh think what made the Jaguars victory even more significant is I think the Texans played well uh they're a team that I don't particularly want to see in the tournament what, what did you think about the Texans well I think they played well but I think the Jaguars also showed themselves look we didn't play as well as we can play and we withstood that meaning all the missed opportunities to your point um I do think they're good I think CJ Stroud's growing before our eyes meaning he didn't have this elusive thing when the Jaguars played him in week three. So he, he's getting better on that front. Uh, I think they're probably kicking themselves because they had some opportunities 
Uh, so, yeah, I think they're going to get better. Um, I, I think they'll be much better next year than they are this year. I kind of wonder now. I think I think the thing to watch for with the Texans now, uh, you kind of had your game where you had a chance to get the first play. Now you're in third and you're playing the Broncos. Do you hang over your way into playing yourself out of that this week? Because they can get in the postseason. But the Broncos are really good. You have a hangover game, and now you start to lose confidence in yourself. I don't think that'll happen, but that's a game to watch this week, how the Texans respond. John, would you have kicked the field goal before halftime? I would have, but I'm 57. I mean, I'm, I'm an old man. <laughs> I, you know, I grew up. I wouldn't have wanted to take the criticism. I'd have taken the safe point. Um, but as, as I told somebody today, look, if you don't like that approach, then just turn off the games until Doug's not the coach. <laughs> that's right. Because that's what that's, he's going to do. Yeah. You know, so yeah. if you don't like it, my other answer to that question this morning was, you know, somebody said, hey, John, I'm so tired of watching them kick field goals with, or you know, of watching them not take the easy field goal. I said, well, are you tired of first place? Are you tired of <laughs> <laughs> that? You know, he believes. That's that a great answer. Overall, <laughs> that is the way that he's going to play, and that the benefits of that long term outweigh the risk. Yeah. So he ain't well, going to stop. So buckle up. And by the way, <laughs> in the era we're in now, people don't kick that field goal. Uh, Hayes and Lauren both agreed with you. I would not. I would have gone for it. I, yeah. I would have. I would have liked to have. T- I don't think I liked the play, John. But I mean, I, I didn't like the toss. I don't think. But I would have absolutely tried to stick it up in there. I mean, that's nobody kicks field goals or punts anymore. I mean, it's amazing the the analytics stuff. So I, 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 John, here's what I did say: the one time I might have disagreed with him is on the last field goal, the 55 yarder that McManus finally missed. I might have pooch punted there, John. You know, just to just to make him give him a long field, even though McManus has made everything. What'd you think about that? Yeah. Well, I think I agree with you. It, He'd made, what, 15 or 16 in a row? Right. And, and he had just hit from 53. Right. He had the left to do it. Um, I think at that point, it, if he had pooped, I think a bunch of the players, and even maybe himself, would have gone, what are you doing? This guy's red hot. Yeah, you're right. Let's you're right. Let's go. Uh, and, and it's also, Doug's philosophy clearly is, when I've got a chance to end the game, I'm going to yeah, which and I love. He, I think it, your odds go so far up with that extra field goal, uh, with those extra points. Look at his history. He clearly believes going for the jugular is going to pay off enough and give you enough momentum that over the course of a season, he's going to win more games doing that than he loses. What was your evaluation of how the defense played outside of Josh Allen? I thought they played according to their plan, meaning it was clear that not everybody's job yesterday rushing the passer was to go right up to the quarterback. They were trying to contain CJ as much as they could, keep him behind the line of scrimmage. It looked like they had a pass rush plan that they were playing to. Uh, look, that's a good Texans team. They got some points off schedule, but you also held them at 21. And... You only gave them the lead once. 
So in a big division game on the road, I thought overall uh, the running back didn't take over the game, which he had been doing the last couple of weeks. I thought they had to worry about that a little bit. So, look, uh, 21 points in this day and age uh, on the road in the division, you're supposed to win the game, and they did. We won't have you next Monday ahead of Monday Night Football. Did the Jaguars beat the Bengals? Um, yeah, they stood without Burrow. One thing, uh, talking to my guy up there, he made a point. The Bengals aren't out of it. They're 5-6, and six, and they believe they have a good defense, and they still believe they have a shot. Uh, they almost beat Pittsburgh yesterday. So they're still – they're not a team. Late in the season in the NFL, you often see teams – that have quit on it, and they don't believe in themselves anymore, and those are the ones that can turn into runaways. Uh, the Bengals don't believe they're that team even without the loss of Burrow, so they've been sticking around, so they're still dangerous. But look, this is a game that the Jaguars ought to be able to win. They're hot, they know how to play, and the other teams are out there star quarterback. So they ought to win it. That doesn't mean it's guaranteed. Final thing, John, we'll let you go. Uh, I think this Jaguar team is really good. I think they're legit. I know that's no duff, right? They're 8-3 and three and they won 7 out of 8. I know. I know the numbers. But it feels like more than that. You said it at the top of this segment. There's a maturity. They win the way. There's NFL teams that they expect to win, and you expect them to win when they play. The good, the Patriots were like that forever. They expect to win, and you expect that somehow, some way, when the game's over, they will have won. You're not sure how they will have won, but you expect when the game is over, they will have won. John, I feel like this Jaguars team is there. Do you feel that way? Yeah, they're getting there. They're certainly there against 28 teams in the the NFL right now. I don't know if they're there against the best of the best. Uh, But what I will say that's interesting is the one thing they're not doing that puts them there is finishing drive. Um, But they're – they're piling up yardage. They had 450 yesterday, which usually translates to more than 21. So what I would say is they're good. They're really, really good. Um, six games is enough time to get great. All they have to do to get great is start finishing. You certainly feel like the potential is there to do it. I think the key is going to be to me, can this team start running when they need to run and when they want to run? So far, they really can't. To me, that's the thing that unlocks everything else. Yeah, that's a great point. That'll be that. That's the one piece that might be missing. Johnny O, the O Show. Well, great work, John. We appreciate it, man. We'll talk to you next week. See you, buddy. Guys, Lauren, thank you. All right, John O's. You're talking Jaguar football. Us back in a moment. Stay with us. The Frangie Show, live from the Hastings Injury Law Firm Studios on 1010XL. Hit back with Hastings. It's a Best Bet Monday on The Frangie Show with fantastic locations in Jacksonville, Orange Park, and now in St. Augustine. It's Best Bet. First hit. It's the first one, Brooke. Did you say, did you say that's the Beatles you love? Absolutely. The 1964 Beatles? I mean, they're all good. I like the later no. stuff, too, when they were on drugs. Uh, but especially like the other stuff. Yeah, it's kind of hard to believe, isn't it, that all they did all that in about five years? It is. That is incredible. I mean, you really think, if you really think about it, the Beatles did all that in about, honestly, I mean, they came around in 64, they were gone in 69, right, 70? 
That's amazing. I mean, in that, in that, weren't they, and their weren't music they for the changed most part, so much they, in the five years. When, That's when did John Lennon die? What year was that? Was that later? I think he. I thought he died in like eighty one, eighty two. Oh, he did. Okay, so but they broke up then, and yeah, because they were done. They were done doing music in seventy, right? Yeah, he question. was killed in 1980. Okay, so so ten years after, anyway, some interesting yeah. stuff. Um, the uh, Frank Wright gets fired. Eleven games in. It's uh, you know, it's it's a terrible decision by Tepper, the owner there. Frank Wright's a good NFL coach and really respected. Yeah, and so this isn't a Urban Meyer. I have no idea what I'm doing, and you know, you have to pull the plug. It's not a Nathaniel Hackett. I know the league, but I've never been a head coach, and I have no idea how to act and, and how to delegate. You know, this was a guy that had decent success as a head coach. I thought he was dealt kind of a bad hand in Indianapolis in terms of the frequent quarterback changes that they had year in and year out with Rivers to Wentz to Matt Ryan, and, uh, and ultimately that caught up to him. So I, I thought it was a good hire for Carolina. Um, you know, I think I think there is something to Tepper knows he wanted Stroud and Tepper wanted Young and the owner won out, which is always a you, bad, bad deal for your football operation. And uh, and I, I think it just got to a point where it was hard for Tepper to be in a, a circumstance where his blunder had cost the coach. And so now he's going to go hire, a, I'm assuming, a yes man who will say all the right things about how much he loves Bryce Young. But, I mean, Carolina really pulled off what what could go down as the worst trade (laughs) in the history of the league, which is a high bar. Because there have certainly, I mean, the Herschel Walker trade springs to mind. Ricky Williams. I mean, mean, there have been a lot. But if you look at what Carolina did, they very well could have passed on a superstar in C.J. Stroud to take a guy that right now doesn't look like he's going to work out, and you traded what is going to ultimately be the number one pick in the Caleb Williams-Drake yeah. May draft. Right. So, I mean, it, it, I mean, you're talking about between C.J. Stroud and let's just say it's if it, they were either going to get a treasure trove of picks for the Caleb Williams-Drake May selection or they were going to take a player like Marvin Harrison Jr. at one. To think that they could have had, you know, some combination of Stroud and Harrison or own the next three drafts uh, and to think of where they are, I mean, they are it's, – it's, it's, it's a really bad job and uh, they're going to be bad for a long time they, unless the next coach can figure out Bryce Young. And he could still be right. salvageable. I'm not saying that he's a lost cause, but, uh, but the owner meddles and, and, a, and a coach is going to have to understand – that a guy that knows nothing about football wants to make the football decisions. David Tepper bought the team in 2018 and is about to hire his seventh coach. Do you realize that? It's wild. His seventh coach? Yeah, how's that possible? About to hire his seventh coach. Hang on. I just read that. Scott Fowler just tweeted that. Hang on. See if I got it right. Here's he it. had Reich, Rule, and Rivera. Right. Hang on. You're saying it's only his fourth? I think maybe it's seven if you count all the oh, teams he owns. Well, Perry Fuel, he didn't hire Perry Fuel. Perry Fuel was a coach for a minute, and Steve Wilkes has been a coach since he's been the owner. Is that maybe? They're counting That's, interims, maybe. But, yeah, I I, right now. but he wouldn't have hired those guys. Like, Chris Tabor is going to be the head coach uh, now, but he shouldn't count. 
It's a debacle regardless. And, you know, he's, they're only going to get further into trouble. Now they're okay, in the back count, division. It's, yeah, it's, it's six, counting the interim. It's counting interim. Yeah. Okay. But you get the point. Six coaches. It's a lot of turnover. Yeah, if you count, you're having to count interim. Still only had the team since 2018. Yeah, That's, I mean, obviously the, the clear move to make is to hire Billy Napier. <laughs> I, I feel like Frank Reich has had some of the worst luck as an NFL head coach, like you were talking about, yeah, as far as yeah. quarterbacks are concerned. Uh, but I do wonder, and this isn't a conversation for today, but what do the Bears do with that number one overall pick? What do you do if you're the Bears? I think you trade it uh, if you believe in fields. I, I, I mean, if it were me, and I'm glad I'm not in the same building as Taylor Dahl is right now, <laughs> like I would go ahead and select Caleb Williams, okay. and I would move on from fields. What could you get for fields? I don't know, a fourth? I don't think much, probably, but... I mean, I to me, I would. I would do it too. I would rather have Ka- the chance of Caleb Williams. Does Taylor listen to the show? I, I, hopefully she, not. Does she have the app? Does Taylor yeah. have the app? Probably. Because I would, because because I don't want Taylor mad at me either. But I would try and see what I could get for Fields, and I would draft Caleb. Williams. That's wouldn't I, the Vikings? I, I'm, I'm just throwing a team out there that needs a quarterback if Cousins isn't back. Wouldn't the Vikings potentially want? I think Justin there's Fields? a lot of teams. There's 12 teams that need a quarterback. So whether it's, you know, the Vikings, the, Bucks. the Giants, yeah. the Bucks Giants, could yeah. be in, in play there. Uh, the but don't Raiders. Do, how many, do they have the second pick, too? They have, like, right now I think it's fourth. first and fourth. Okay. Fourth as of the last time they were updated. So you, to me, I would, I would take Caleb Williams and, I mean, I don't think Harrison will be there. I don't no. think so either. But no. do you take, like, Brock Bowers? Or a really and, good tight end. I mean, offensive lineman, yeah. too. Yeah. I know yeah. they've had struggles with the offensive yeah. line. I mean, for me, I, I would. I mean, I really would. I would. I would. If Caleb Williams is there, I know it's gone. It's gone bad for him this year for a myriad of reasons. But he might be Patrick Mahomes. He might not be, but right. he might be Patrick Mahomes. How do? How does the team that picks? No matter what you already have on your roster, how does the team that picks first not do that? Yeah. I, I just, I just, I just think that. Would you draft Carson Beck very high if you were an NFL team? I like Carson Beck. I need to see a little bit more. But I think I think yeah I um, I think there's something there with him. I don't know that I think he's a megastar. I probably he's different because his arm's stronger. But I see a lot of Kyle Trask in him. Now his arm's way stronger than Trask's. But I think he's like him that on a good team will be a good player. I don't know that I'm ready for him to carry a franchise yet. But I like Carson Beck. I think Carson Beck's a damn good player. Yeah, if I was like in somewhere between ten and nineteen and was in the market for a quarterback. Yeah, yeah, I think that would make sense. I mean, I. I think you can make a case, and we've got so much of this to play out. Right. But you know, I, I think you can make a case that he's the third best quarterback in the draft. I would take Jaden Daniels over him, okay? Uh, which most people wouldn't. Um, so for me, it would be like Caleb Williams, Drake May, Jaden Daniels, Carson Beck, and then maybe McCarthy and you know Penix, guys like that. Uh, Bo Nix. Bo Nix. I will say Bo Nix's numbers. Yeah. I don't. I mean, thirty-seven touchdowns, two picks. Yeah. That's pretty hard to argue. Absolutely. I mean, and they're yeah, they're a nine point favorite over and Washington. Remember, so. Before it went all so bad at Auburn because he was where his dad went with him. He was a heralded guy. He man. was. He was. I mean, that was a heralded, yeah. heralded guy. It goes to show you that in the wrong environment, yeah. you know, you, yeah. you're not going to be successful. Right. Well, and again, these guys have six years of college now. Yeah. Right. So I mean, it's right. it's it's a totally different developmental deal. Yeah. That's right. I, I mean, he played early and he's had the COVID year and. Uh, but Oregon's done a magnificent. He's done a magnificent job. Oregon's done a magnificent job, and those numbers are are very gaudy. All right, we'll take a break. When we come back, Lauren wraps the program with news and notes. 
The Frangie Show, live from the Hastings Injury Law Firm Studios on 1010XL. Hit back with Hastings. What's going on in the world? It's time for Frangie Show News and Notes. Here's Lauren Brooks. There's never a bad time for a little Fleetwood Mac on a Monday afternoon live here at Island Wing Bartram. One segment to go before we turn it over to Rick Ballou. Well, in the wake of losing to the Jaguars, the Texans just claimed edge Derek Barnett and to make room had to waive kicker Matt Amendola. Yeah, Matt Amendola, who's never made a 50-yarder. Yeah. He's, uh, he's, he's 0 for 5 now from 50-plus. He hit that one right on the screws, though. Yeah. Um, Derek Barnett, by the way, if the Eagles cut you, yeah, you, there's something to matter. Well, I th- I think it's a good move for the Texans. Uh, I I like Barnett, uh, so I I think that that could be just that the Eagles have so much too many talent. guys. Yeah. Um. So I I think he could actually help the Texans. I will say this about the kicker, he he's you, you can't have arms like that and be a good kicker. <laughs> you know, kickers are lanky. Yeah. You right. know, and this guy has arms. I mean, it looks remember like Joey he, Sly? Yeah. Joey Sly looks like a bodybuilder. Right. Well, Amendola yeah. looked like that yesterday. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and you just can't do that. you yeah. got to spend time kicking, not doing <laughs> curls. He doesn't kick enough. Yeah. But, by the way, did you think it was good when he hit it? I will say this. I thought it was too high. So I was like Trevor. It was I in thought, the air forever. I, I thought when he hit it, initially I was like, it's not going to make it. Then it kept going, and I was like, yeah. uh-oh. And then it obviously it hit you're the, the bar. You're like the guy in Major League, too high, too high. Yeah, yeah. Well, what does that even mean, <laughs> too high? <laughs> I thought too high, you <laughs> know. <laughs> it, it, what you couldn't quite see was what the moment it hit the crossbar, you're like still holding your breath because right. at that point, it from the TV over. angle, it could go in. Your angle, obviously, yeah. you knew as soon as it hit the crossbar, yeah. it was no good. When I, I'm telling you, when he hit it, and, I, and by the way, if we ever had a true truck feed with no delay, I'd watch it on the on the on the uh, video monitors because you can't really see left and right. But but I like to so I watch it live. When he hit it, I said he freaking made it. Baselli thought so too. We thought we said he he freaking made it. We watched the thing in the air. We watched it. That kick is going to go through. And uh, you know we've I'm not saying we haven't earned some of it, but we've had some bad luck here in the black and teal. Okay. Yeah. We we just have again. I'm not saying it's not our fault. And we've had bad teams. Yeah. But I'm, that thing, we needed that thing not to go through. There's I, been there's been years when that thing somehow some way would sneak I, through. Yeah. I'll, I'll be honest. I thought he should have gone for it on fourth and twelve. Yeah. I thought it was a mistake by D'Amico Ryan. I did yeah. too. I was really thankful. Yeah. Yeah. That he settled for a field goal yep. with a bad kicker from yep. that distance yeah. because I. It, to me, fourth and twelve, the way Stroud was playing. Yeah. I I think there's a good chance he would have gotten it. That made me a little nervous too. Yeah, absolutely. By the way, at any point, did you think Florida was beating Florida State? Yeah, well, it's twelve nothing. You're on their side of the field. I'm like, you get a touchdown there, it's nineteen nothing. I never, I never allowed wait, myself three to and a half it. minutes. Well, once it that went yeah. awry, well, but and I they scored, and it was twelve. Well, twelve nothing. Everyone well, knew. Yeah. Well, I never thought it, but and you never thought it. Yeah, but you were right. You should have thought it. It's just I'm just such a negative Nelly. You know, well, yeah, because they've given us you know reason I mean? to be fourth but and seventeen. I'm just such, a, ne- I'm just such a negative. I mean, you'd be up nineteen nothing in your house, and let's assume right. that I think that happened with five minutes left in the second yeah. the, right. Uh, right. quarter. So, you, so let's say the drive takes three minutes. So you're up now nineteen nothing. 
and they've got to do a two-minute drill with Tate Rodemaker, right. who just got blasted in his own end zone. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I mean, at so, that point, I well, think well, that well, you've well, got control of the game. And you're so, there, too, so there's a different well, but, feeling. But, but, but let me ask you this, because sometimes you don't, you're not really clear about where you are. You didn't like that play call? Or? <laughs> what about the spitting? Yeah, Did you how like about the spitting? spitting? Okay. Yeah, that, that was smart. Yeah, by the way, yeah. what are you what are you What's doing? What's worse, the spitting or throwing of the shoe by Marco Williams? The throwing of the shoe. No, the spitting <laughs> was worse. You don't spit on a guy. Yeah. I mean, throwing of the shoe was but, way worse. But, I mean, but, I mean, I mean, what are you doing spitting on a guy? It's, it's absurd. Especially hey. since COVID, the landscape has changed. Not that spitting was ever allowed, but now it's, I mean, it's how absolutely How about a quarterback taboo. is running and he's going to be four yards short of the marker and he's sliding, and you decide, yeah, you know what, Jayden I'm going to try and kill this guy. Yeah, especially after you already saw they gave Florida the penalty with Akeem Dent hitting Max Brown. Yeah, by the way, I didn't, I didn't, I, we, Vaselli and I walked over. We, I watched the end of the Alabama-Auburn uh, game, game. Which was and a then, stunner. And we were, we, were, we, were, we were going to dinner at, uh, at, at a Vic and Anthony restaurant about three blocks away. And uh, so we were walking when the Florida game started. So I didn't see the late hit, but apparently it was a terrible call. It's a late hit. Oh, so Akeem Dent sacks Max Brown. Yeah. That's it. He sacked him. Yeah. Is that what you're talking about? Uh, our first drive. Apparently, apparently on the first drive, Florida got a break. On a oh, yeah, they got a huge break. Yeah, yeah they got I a mean, roughing the passer yeah, that. that should have never, that never been thrown. Yeah, and Florida a, got a huge I mean, break. I thought even Gator touchdown. fans, I've still not seen it. Even Gator fans said it was just a horrible It's a horrible you can, call. Yeah, you can it's see it call. on yeah. Twitter. Yeah. Uh, all right, a few more things around college football. Michigan State hired Jonathan Smith from Oregon Good State. Good coach. Yeah. Jeff Lebby is the new Mississippi State head coach, and Mike Elko is the new Texas A&M head coach. Yeah, and all of those, I like all hires. Jonathan Smith's a really good coach. It's got to be gut-wrenching for Oregon State because he played there. He was yes, a really good quarterback correct. there. That was their Spurrier. He left. The, um, and, and That's the, a conference expansion yeah. or yep. a conference realignment move. That, there's nothing worse than your guy you find. I mean, I, even my, one of my dear friends in the business, Lon Kruger, when he got the Kansas State job, they thought he'd be there forever. He was a legendary player there, and he left to come to Florida, and it devastated him. Why would you leave? And he left because he didn't think he could beat Kansas. You know, that's when Kansas had Danny Manning. And, mm-hmm. and uh, but I think Jonathan Smith's a good hire. I think Mike Elko's a really good hire. Jeff Levy's a good play caller. We'll see if he's a good head coach. Good, good play callers aren't always good head coaches. He's a very good play caller. He knows the lay of the land because he was with Ole Miss. Um, Mike Elko's a good coach. He's a tough nose. You know, Baselli said something too, and he's right. We and I were talking about this. You still got to freaking win the line of scrimmage. You still got to be tough and physical. It's still a game in the trenches, man. And I think Elko's that guy. I think he understands that. One of the reasons I hold out hope for Napier, I don't know if he's going to be any good. I don't know. But I think he understands that part. I think he's trying really hard to build that part. So, no, I, to, but back to your question, I think Elko's a really good hire, Lauren. I think Jonathan Smith's a really good hire. And Jeff Levy's a really good play caller, so he might be a good hire. What did you make of the report that A&M was going to hire Mark Stoops yeah. and then there was a fan revolt, and so they backtracked off of that? Because I think Mark Stoops at A&M uh, – I you, think that would have, they would have had a lot of success. You have won me over on Mark Stoops. I think you are right, and I think those fans are wrong. I think he's going to be a good I, – I, you liked him a couple of years ago, and I didn't think he'd be – you've won me over. I think you, he gets to a real school, he'll be a really good coach. Well, so Kentucky I, wins. Yeah. By the way, I, and I told you – that's right. He, they haven't, they have, they've never won consistently before him. They've won. No, but, I mean, they win in, also in the fact that they get to keep Oh, Mark Kentucky Stoops. wins. Oh, yeah. 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 Um, but I'll tell you – the guy, I told you this during a break, and part of it's because I know him and I like him, but I told you this during a break. If Jeff Brom ever gets to a real school, if Jeff, Jeff Brom ever looks up and you're, he's at, you ever look up and he's at LSU, 
or Florida or wherever, look out. A blue if Jeff, blood. If Jeff, if Jeff Brom, if, if Ohio State. He should be number one. If yeah. Billy Napier yeah, doesn't right. work out. He should be number one on the hot. I, 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 assuming Louisville, I, I agree. You know, wins I nine mean, games next but, year, but, but which know, I think they will. Yeah, but know this: if if for whatever reason they got tired of him losing to Michigan and ran off Ryan Day, if Ohio State ever landed Je- Jeff Brom, right, they'll win national titles. If it, when when he or Florida too, if Jeff Brom, I'm telling you, if Jeff Brom lands at a real school, sorry Louisville, but I'm talking about a real football school. If Jeff Brom, and I know they lost, somebody beat them and never, who who they lose? They only lost one. They lost to Pitt. The, they had the bat. Yeah. But, but he's won 10 games yeah, at a right. school that was picked to go right. like right. eighth in the ACC. They, and they, they lost don't to have Kentucky. any talent. Yeah, he's a really good coach. I'm telling you, he made Purdue really good. Right. If if that, he's Spurrier. If, if, if he lands at a real, you, you don't want to be, you don't want to be in the conference if he lands at a blue blood. You don't want to be in the conference if he lands at a blue blood that's not yours. You yeah. don't. You don't want to be in the SEC if he lands at Oklahoma. Right. Or I'm just telling you, he's that good. And we don't have time to break it down, but Florida and men's basketball lost to Baylor, now ranked ninth in the country, 95-91 Friday night. Kugel had 25 points. Next up, Florida is out. Wake Forest wins. And, and I'll game. tell you what now, Florida's good. They, they, had, they did not have handlock in Correct. the whole game. And Baylor, this will put up 91. Baylor made 14 of 25 threes. 56%. No, nobody does that. 10 of 25 is 40% is really good. They made 14. They couldn't miss. I, I think Florida, they got to get hand-locked and back. they got to get their whole team. But, by the way, the injuries are totally your fault because you, you, you freaking predicted it. Well, of course I, mean, I predicted yeah, it. It happens every year. I mean, we walked out. Hey, so long, long, long as nobody, long as nobody <laughs> on the basketball team gets hurt. I For mean, the I ninth was, straight I wasn't year. even in my car, yeah. and, and, and a guy got hurt. Yeah. So, but, but I'm telling you, they're it pretty. It doesn't seem like it's, it's bad. Yeah. It, it, hopefully he'll play yeah. Wednesday. Yeah. They but, play Wake, Wake Forest. Forest. Yeah. But, but they're, they're pretty good. Well, I think Baylor might be Final Four good. Baylor, Baylor I mean, really. If, Baylor's so, that, if they're that good, yeah, I mean, if Baylor's as good as they played that night. They're, they're ranked 12th. Yeah. But that looks like a Final Four team, and they just won a national title two years ago, yeah. so it wouldn't be ridiculous yeah, now to see them night. get back there. I think Florida basketball is in, a, in great position. Yeah, yeah. I know their record is – I do too. Yeah, I know they've lost twice. Right. But they lost to Virginia without pulling – and they lost to Baylor without the log. And both Baylor. And once they have Pullen and the log, yeah, they're going to be tough to beat. Zion Pullen's good. He is really good. He's really good. All right, time now for today's takeaways. Now, today's takeaways. Brought to you by Key Buick GMC, where our family dealership has been helping families buy vehicles for over 50 years. My takeaway is that you've got two stars, Jacksonville, that came up huge in a significant statement game. Trevor Lawrence. 23 of 38, 364 yards, four passes that traveled at least 42 yards with a touchdown, ran for a touchdown, and Josh Allen, what a performance. Two and a half sacks that accounted for 31 and a half lost yards for Houston. Unbelievable star performances when you had to have it, and the Jaguars seized control of the AFC South. Yeah, my takeaway, all that. Uh, Trevor Lawrence put this team on his back. And the defense, again, played super well. And it's so much fun to see them develop. It hasn't always been pretty. There have been some ugly losses this season. But 8-3, and three, first place in the AFC South, feels really good. Let's say hello to Rick Ballou. Now, the two-minute drill. Brought to you by Tire Outlet. Keeping the sports world spinning with wholesale prices and premium service. Tire Outlet, Jacksonville's largest locally owned automotive repair shop. Oh, Rick, that was a big win in Houston yesterday for the good guys, didn't you think? Big win. 
Yeah, uh, no, no doubt about it. Uh, a lot of resilience, learning how to win once again a, uh, a, a halftime lead. And, you know, once it looked as though Houston was going to come back in and, and make it a game, Jacksonville came up huge on that final drive, uh, sacking C.J. Stroud a couple of times and, you know, eventually taking Houston about a half yard out of uh, field goal range. So that ended up being the difference in the contest. Really, really questioned some late game decision-making offensively by Houston instead of taking what you would think that they could get, particularly on third and fourth and one. Both times they went deep downfield. So I I imagine Houston Talk Radio today, that's probably what they're talking about most. I'll tell you what, Rick, I I said this to John Osher earlier. There's When teams get good in the NFL, really any sport, but when teams get good in the NFL – you pretty much just expect them to win when they play. Now they're going to get they lose some. You know the Patriots were always like that. The Steelers for a while were like that. The teams in other sports when they're good, you just kind of expect that they're going to win. Now, every now and then they're going to lose. Rick, I think the Jags have they've won seven out of eight games now. That's hard in the league. I think they've become one of those teams that yeah you kind of expect them to go out and win, don't you? Well, yeah, and they're favored, and and they're going to continuously be favored here. They're a, a pretty big one touchdown, maybe eight points uh, coming up on. Uh, Monday night and the thing that I like even though Jacksonville's been hit by it somewhat with Campbell and Hamilton out defensively now you lose Cam Robinson on the offense it it feels like every opponent that they're taking on they're losing a lot of guys as well and Cincinnati obviously without their quarterback but all of a sudden I mean Bradley Chubb's been down forever but you lose uh, Watson now Miles Garrett is up against it. Um, Amari Cooper, you don't know is going to, you know, if he's going to be able to go uh, in that difficult place to play out in the cold uh, in Cleveland. So uh, the Jaguars, I, I still think you need some dumb luck if you're going to win it all. And, and part of that is injuries to your opponents. And right now, that has really helped up the Jags. Final thing, very quickly: the Knolls beat Florida. They got to play Louisville now. Without Jordan Travis, Louisville's good, not great. Louisville just lost to Kentucky. I know you're not going to pick it till later in the week, but how do you feel about how they match up? You confident with FSU in that game or no? Yeah, I am. I think they'll play hard. Um, I mean, again, they, they, they're they kind of in their way, their own worst enemy. They they put themselves in situations where they got to crawl out of holes, but they've been able to rely on that defense in 11 out of 12 games. In the second half, outside of BC, Florida State's second half defense has been absolutely outstanding, and they made a lot of changes on Saturday night, including going to more three linebacker sets. You know, normally that four-two-five type of defense that Adam Fuller has run, they got away from that a little bit, and and uh, certainly made uh, th- their primary responsibility of uh, defending the run. So. I think it'll be an interesting game, and uh, yeah, I, I, if Tate Rodemaker is able to go, we'll see if he's um, 100% because obviously he was knocked for a loop late in the game. I know he came back, but we've seen the monitor him all week. I, I think it's going to be a fun game on Saturday night. What's coming up tonight, Rick? What are we, oh, doing? we got all that, all the reflection of uh, an incredible weekend, both college and pro, so we'll get that cranked up here in just a couple of minutes and uh, take you through the next two hours. All right, Rick, sounds good. Thanks, right, buddy. See ya. Rick Blue goes into the night. That comes right now. That'll do it for our program tomorrow. Same bat time, same bat channel. Back in studio tomorrow. We're out of here. For Hayes, for Lauren, for RJ. I'm Frank Frangie. Have a great night.